Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we like to talk about ham radio. So let's get started. Ooh, all right. Leia, how is your week going? It's good. Very busy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've been very busy. All the stuff at work has been piling up. And uh, yeah, getting used to my, my new stuff. I'm just uh, every day floored by gas prices. Mm. That's where that's where I'm at right now. Somebody was telling me that's like, yeah, we filled up the minivan this uh, week. And we got how many gallons? Got seventeen. How much it cost you? Straight up one hundred dollars. That checks out. <laughs> it's insane right now. <laughs> it's crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, what else? Anything else fun going on? Mm, I don't think Chloe had an accident inside today. Not while I was here. Excellent. She did pee a lot outside. Yeah. A couple of times with Ben and then once with me. Both no poop, the... though. I don't know when she poops. I did take her to puppy preschool. Mm. There's only two other puppies in the class. Mm-hmm. And one of the other puppies is uh, a herding dog, too. And corgis are herders. Mm-hmm. This one was herding. like an Australian herding dog. Mm-hmm. You know, the one that looks kind of like a hyena. Do you know what I'm talking about? It's got like spots on it. Uh, and now I have to look it does not look like a hyena. A hyena. What? Hyenas are huge. Have you actually seen a, a hyena? Only on the Jungle Cruise. <laughs> Great. <laughs> like when you see, like there are people that own hyenas. I guess you could call them pets or pets. <laughs> no, but like, you know, usually a pet implies that you have some level of control. You have no control over a hyena, right? Why would why would somebody keep a hyena as a pet? <laughs> to ball out of control? I, I don't know. But you see pictures of them like with huge chains around this thing, right? And <laughs> this is already like a big dude. And the hyena is just massive. Hyenas are big. Because when we see them, we see them in comparison to like huge lions, Right. Right. So we already have like a perspective screw up because right. lions are already bigger than you think they are. Like True. on on video. Yes. It's yeah. They're wild. They're they're big. I did see a woman who is keeping a wolf as a pet. Yeah, legit wolves are big too. Like and, real wolves. And she let it come up to her and lick the inside of her mouth. It was so weird. Oh, I think that might have been that might have been a crossbreed. A, a like a regular full bred wolf is very big, very big. All right. Yeah. Well, the Australian Shepherd is the one with the gray and black spots on it, mm-hmm. and uh, it tried to herd Chloe. They've got brown on their cheeks too, right? I'm looking at it now. Too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good looking dog. They're smart dogs too. Yeah. So it tried to herd Chloe, mm-hmm. and then Chloe tried to herd it, <laughs> and, uh, and that was that was puppy preschool. <laughs> the last like ten minutes of puppy preschool. And there was that whole part with eating paste. <laughs> well thanks again for coming out and clicking on the ham radio crash course podcast we appreciate you taking the time to do that and we like to start off the podcast with the ham radio minute it's never a minute and today's ham radio minute is avail yourselves of the used radio equipment boards or whatever you want to call them websites boards whatever first and foremost let me say right up front we have a couple of buy-sell-trade options on the Ham Radio Crash Course. One is the Discord. It has its own chat room. You can go in there. 
and uh, it works out great. Also, we have the Buy, Sell, Trade group on Facebook. So we'll put links in the, the show And there's topics. no cost to list on no any cost. of these. It's not like... No cost, but other... it's also buyer beware. Like you're on yeah. your own. We're not insuring any of this. We're just creating the parking lot. All, like right. the, We're creating the virtual Starbucks parking lot for you to right. have trade. Right. Yes. There's no coffee, though. Nope. Well, I mean... Oh, there is coffee. <laughs> there is also coffee. Go to hamtactical.com if you'd like some ham radio crash course coffee. There's just no chai latte. Right. Which is... But uh, I also want to remind people that the groups, the fan groups that pop up around radios also will often have people that post, basically post about selling their radios. Like just recently, thanks to Kark, K6ARK. Hey, Kark. He, I happened to be at home, it was a lucky day working from home uh, last week, or yeah, no, it was Monday or Tuesday last week, and he's like, hey, I think you're looking for a three-band mountain topper. Uh, there's a guy selling it, he's got one, and also an Elecraft K1 tuner, which I didn't, I almost bought one recently, so mm -hmm. I was like, interesting, okay, how much does he want for it? And he's like, $450. Is this a good price or a so bad the, price? So the mountain it topper feels like a bad price to me. <laughs> the mountain topper sells retail for anywhere between two hundred and fifty and three hundred dollars, and the tuner is two hundred something dollars. So good deal. And I I texted the guy like immediately said I'll take I'll take both. First post I I was like yeah. So then I messaged him I'm like hey you know I'm, I'm I want to buy the radio and he goes uh, what's your call sign and I said it's K I six N A Z and then I'm like. So I sat there for a second. I'm like, what's yours? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, and he's like, oh, he's like, is is that you? And immediately a Facebook call comes in. Okay. And I pick it up and he's like, it is you. He's like, okay, cool. I'll get it in the mail for you. <laughs> and he had like a buck converter and he had a bunch he, of accessories. What does he mean? Is that you? <laughs> like, K-I-6 and me. Is it me? Is it ham you're looking for? <laughs> uh, and so he had a bunch of accessories. Like he had the volume control for it. He had a buck converter for it. He had a, a dongle for a nine volt battery. Just a you know a bunch of little odds and ends. So I was like, oh, this is fantastic. So he got it in the mail. Radio works perfectly. Just a story on you know. Oftentimes when you're when you're buying something used on the internet. You know, you're putting a bit of risk out there, but keep in mind that you need to use PayPal if you're going to use PayPal, if you want to use PayPal. I know people are trying to get away from PayPal, but make sure you're using whatever method has the insurance baked into it. And if you need to pay a couple dollars extra because the seller doesn't want to absorb the costs of that, fine, do it. It's it's worth you not getting ripped off for it. eBay has the same kind of thing. Make sure you use that. Uh, eBay, QRZ.com. I like the Facebook groups because they're generally people that are passionate about those radios. So oftentimes if they end up getting one or more, they'll sell them on the Facebook groups. So keep an eye on them, particularly if it's a radio you've been looking for, which is also the topic of this show. We'll be talking about unicorn radios, which I'm very mm. excited to talk about unicorn radios. I, I will say that whenever you mention you buying more ham radio equipment mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i instinctively start looking up purses did you do that right now did I you did. already pull up the, the website for the purses did you get on there's that? just one one website it's all purses i'm just kidding <laughs> it's all purses.com or it's a uh, spite purse.com yeah now bring the beer well this week i made a beverage it is 
You did. Vodka? Yes. Dole, 100% pineapple juice. Yes. And a splash of club soda. Yeah. A pineapple spritzer. A pineapple spritzer. Shouldn't a spritzer be mostly club soda and just a splash of the juice? Not my way. <laughs> it is delicious, though. Pineapple juice is probably my favorite juice. Um, not my favorite juice. Guava juice is my favorite juice. Okay. Pineapple juice, it just doesn't taste ever as fresh as like eating a pineapple to me. Mm. Unless you're getting the juice from the pineapple. Right. I love... You're being real high maintenance. No, man. I like going to Trader Joe's and getting those spears of pineapples. Oh, those are good. And just eating them and then drinking straight from the container. You know, they're particularly good because I don't have to prepare the pineapple. Eating pineapple takes me back to like when I was a kid. You remember when Warheads came out? Yes. And Warheads were like violent sour yeah like sour hard candies yeah and you never ate like one at least i don't know anybody who did you'd eat like the whole bag I and then not your do that. tongue would just be bleeding i would have like one you you are a, a psychopath maybe two that's and then i would save some for later that is psychopathic. they literally even come in containers so you can seal them they, they came individually wrapped i'd be sitting in the back seat coming back from like wild rivers because I bought like two packages of them and I just have like wrappers all over me. <laughs> and, you and then my tongue would be bleeding. <laughs> I could barely talk when I got out of the car because I was just seeing any warheads the whole time. <laughs> Pineapple's like that for adults. Because you sit down and you eat the whole package of pineapple. And pineapple's and super it, acidic. It's eating you from it's the inside. It's just eating you from the inside out. It's a reverse sarlacc pit that you're, you're, you've created in yourself. It's fantastic. I love pineapple. Anyway, so join the conversation by leaving a review on iTunes for the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast. We really do appreciate it. We, we really, really do, do appreciate it. That's, yes. Man, I'm on it today. <laughs> and or emailing us at leah at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to, po- to the podcast will help Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and future hams. And we appreciate it. So we do have a review. We do? Yes, we do. Well, that means that last week was a success. This is from IJ2S. Okay. And it is titled, Have I Been Hamified? Oh. And they write, Dear reader, let me start by saying, my husband had his license since he was 14. Wow. Maybe 16 years old. Now at the tender age of almost 45, well, the radios have started to multiply in our house. (laughs) For years now... He's been a diehard attendant of the Inland Northwest Ham Fest, only missing one year it due to our child's birth. And although I always had fun chatting up, uh, chatting up the OMs and XYLs, I never really got into it until one day. I started playing around with the knobs on his radio in the garage as a distraction from my PhD work. Well, as he came back to his radio, I sheepishly stepped away. Long story long, no, he wasn't mad at all. In fact, he, man, this is, I almost need glasses. This is getting small font for me here. In (laughs) fact, he took out his headphones and said, hey, here, listen to this. It was Josh and Leia cracking up about something and the laughter, much needed because of said PhD anxiety, sucked me away, sucked me in later the day I walked the dog while listening to the rest of the podcast, and as they say it, the rest is history. Okay, so why is the show good? Read the other reviews. 
I'm here to tell you it's the talk of fashion, shoes, kids, life, <laughs> and everything ham radio adjacent that makes this podcast my go-to. Thank you for finding a way to include me in this world, Leah and Josh. Also, I really love the preparedness corner and the study questions. Planning to get my tech license as soon as I defend my PhD in 12 days. Oh, and dear reader, give your wife the podcast and welcome her into the world, into this world. It's way cool. <laughs> well, good luck with uh, defending your PhD. That is a very nice comment. Thank that you so much amazing. for that. That was amazing. Thank you for that review. That was, uh, that was great. Well, are you ready? Well, it's are too late ready? now. Are you ready? Are you Drop ready? us a review and I do. Into the unknown I will go, for I shall fear no man of peace. One foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. <laughs> I realized I didn't do my normal thing of like, hey, if you got the time and you want to show you like the podcast. Go drop us a review on iTunes. It's like the YouTube equivalent of giving a thumbs up. Only longer, <laughs> more complicated, and burdensome. Thank you. <laughs> Only <laughs> so complicated <laughs> and doesn't aggregate anywhere except for on iTunes. <laughs> right, right, right. I mean, actually, iTunes doesn't even aggregate. So I don't know anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well... Have you been following the news? A little bit. Did you hear what happened to Russians? And and because Visa and MasterCard took a stand about the issue. Also, did I mean, you hear I heard that, about the Russians. Yeah, but you should probably be more specific. Did you hear that Switzerland picked a side? No. I think so. What side did they pick? So Switzerland joined in on the sanctions. Wow. They're still doing some trade with Russia, but man, you know you messed up <laughs> when Switzerland takes a side. Yes. So uh, specifically about Russian money. The ruble. In this emergency, mm -hmm. Putin has banned Russians and companies from transferring cash abroad. Okay. Also, mm -hmm. Visa and MasterCard block Russian financial institutions after sanctions were implemented. Wow. So there were reports that Russians were having issues accessing their money. I don't know how much of it's true. I mean, I saw a video of people like lined up outside of banks and stuff like mm -hmm. that, Russian banks. I don't know if that's, you know, like any propaganda, is this an actual picture of right now or is it of the past, like <laughs> exactly. whatever. But, you exactly. know, yeah, I've seen I've seen similar things. So it got me thinking, mm. how much cash do you need on hand in an emergency? Okay. Right? Because if this proves anything, like the first thing I thought when I saw these headlines and I didn't, hadn't dug deeper, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's, there's multi-layers to what can get out, what can be used, what can't be used, right? Mm-hmm. But it got me thinking how screwed we all are if for some reason there was something that caused a freeze on our money. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it's all in banks. It's all, we're all using just cards. Well, right? I mean, it's, it's not physically in banks. 
right? Right, that's right, always, right. That's it's always all... one of my favorite things. It's 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 digital, right? It's a digital number somewhere. It's not at any. There, I used to know this number off the top of my head. Like the actual amount of money in circulation is a tiny percentage of the actual money right. that people own. Right. It's kept as a ledger. It's not actual physical anything. We're just one Ed Norton Brad Pitt movie away <laughs> from <laughs> from a complete financial reset. I'm not going to mention the name of the movie because you're not supposed to talk about it. Right. But... <laughs> right. I, I have always found this... Uh, topic very interesting because of obviously the you know the influence of crypto like what that means yeah what what happens to crypto i've always thought of this gets wiped i've always thought well crypto still exists unless you like lose the internet the lose the ability to access the blockchain lose the ability to transact via the blockchain sure a lot of people have a cold storage or wallets that they keep their their actual money their bitcoin in if you will or the references to it right it's Mm -hmm. not stored in an online system that can be easily uh manipulated via or corrupted not necessarily corrupted but more like hacked right when somebody gets access to your Mm -hmm. your cryptos i always have thought about this in in time based discussions what currency is of value depends on how far away you are from the thing that disrupts the norm. Right. I mean, you're invested heavily in ham radio futures. Right. A lot of Baofengs. A lot of coax. um, All those things. I mean, Baofeng is your your currency. Baofeng and Baofeng accessories. (laughs) So so the the way to look at this is like if we had like a huge disaster or, or let's call it, we'll call it the movie that shall not be named effect, right? Where they destabilize everything. Then immediately after that, people aren't going to be necessarily, at least not most people are not necessarily going to be trading with Bitcoin, right? Right. They probably won't be trading with um, full-size ounce gold coins either, right? You'll continue to use cash until you have some kind of signal that the cash is worthless. Possibly. Um, I would argue that immediately after any major event, people will be bartering. Sure. Like if it's if it's a telltale super um, destabilization, people will be bartering and trading for things that they need. Mm, I mean, with with individual to individual. Sure. Sure. I mean, if you're talking like a disaster happens, right? The things people care about is like food, tarp. Well, I mean, the first tools, thing you're going to need plywood is cash to go buy them from the businesses that still have them in stock. I'm assuming that's gone. Oh, just immediately stores poof? No, it's just like run on toilet paper, right? Run on toilet paper and, and paper towels that we had for COVID. And COVID was the softest of things that could happen, <clears throat> right? And we saw that it completely liquidated right. supplies. If it was anything harder than that, everything held in hand at a supermarket, they only have like a couple of days worth of supply anyway. And that's a couple of days of supply of normal shopping. It cannot handle surge shopping, right? They just run out. So canned foods, gone. Um, anything shelf-stable, gone. Well, you still have wholesalers, distributors that are sitting on a large amount of product. Assuming, sure. Okay. So? So how much cash? 
you tell me what you think and let's go from there because there's many schools of thought. In on hand, I think $200 in cash at minimum on your person. What denominations? I don't know. Twenties. Okay. And then in your home, this is largely going to depend on where you live. Obviously us in California, with a higher cost of living, higher cost of goods in general, mm-hmm. two thousand to four thousand. Is this just a number you're pulling out, or is this something <clears throat> that you're calculated based off of, like what I would normally spend in a month on household goods mm. doubled? Interesting. Okay. Right. Yep. Because you have to assume that prices are going to double. Mm-hmm. But you need to be able to kind of buy things, mm-hmm. you know, yep. from stores and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then it's really up to how how much spare money you have that you don't need earning interest. I Like, it's really hard for me to say, oh, put like 10 grand in your gun safe or something. Mm-hmm. Because that's 10 grand. That's not earning interest. It's just sitting in there like a brick. Right. What do you think about then like silver and gold? Sure, silver and gold uh, because that in the end has a value, right? Like it actually has a use versus cash is only worth what what somebody's willing to give you for the cash. Kind of. Again, that's also a – I mean, yes, precious metals also have – intrinsic value but not nearly as high as what we trade for it sure right sure so that's why copper pennies well yeah i guess that's (laughs) it coins coins yeah um i like junk silver um the old you know 64 80 you know 64 ish when we got off the silver standard right so anything you can find pre those times junk silver coins because they can be beat up who cares right you're not like trying to use your graded coins in plastic (laughs) cases for barter uh because that's not going to be as meaningful right just cheap silver is and again cheap it it does not have numismatic value right right it's just a coin it's Mm -hmm. it's a piece of silver right coins are easy to carry easy to transport so i always like junk silver then the question is do you put some funds in crypto? I don't know because the the difficulty there is again how do you, how are you handling the transactions? Right. You are putting them in a crypto wallet. <laughs> right, but you don't like there's not like a device that you like it's not a Tamagotchi that you dock them and then you you know exchange currency. I'm sure something like that probably exists, but at the end of the day, it's got to get into the blockchain. Right. That that transaction needs to be tallied and, and saved. So in my mind, what I'm seeing is a financial collapse, mm-hmm. not so much a lack of electricity or internet. How would that happen? Hackers and viruses. <laughs> That's how. <laughs> Interesting. You have a very specific doomsday doomsday scenario. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or in the case where things are just getting frozen. Banks are getting frozen. 
why would a hacker bother targeting just banks versus also targeting the many repositories of crypto that are online? Because they just want to watch the banks burn. Interesting. So they're just big crypt. They're crypto fiends. <laughs> yeah, yes. They're crypto heads. That's what you're saying. Interesting. Yes. So that's the problem with with when you start talking about currency is that you can go down many like doomsday scenario, right? Hypothetical situations. I mean, it, when you, when you I get, mean, you can do that with everything. No, I know, it, but it, currency it, is like it's such an interesting point because you can get into fights over what's the value of fiat money going to be worth at any one time we already talked we we barely scratched the surface in some of the conversations Mm -hmm. i've had then you start talking about well when does you know when does alcohol cigarettes and bullets become currency (laughs) you know what i mean like we joke oh baofengs will be currency that's it will be though but bullets cigarettes all that alcohol straight up just pure mm-hmm. grain alcohol gonna have a super high value right you gotta because take that could be... everything people are addicted to mm-hmm. well and stockpile that i mean pure spirits have an immense value as a disinfectant and also all of the benefits of alcohol right for imbibing but you don't necessarily have to drink it in its purest form. You dilute it and use it however, right? Mm-hmm. But it's still really valuable in its pure form. Okay. Also not the greatest thing to transport. Right. 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 So it, it's... Ugh, it, That's what somebody needs to come up with. A mini still. A pocket still. A pocket still. <laughs> <laughs> Turn any any grain, any starch into a shot. You will not get a shot out of a pocket still. You'll get an an tenth of a thimble. And I don't know how you get the highs and lows out of that. That's a real bad way to go blind. On a tenth of a thimble of pocket shine. I don't know about that one, man. I think you lost me on that last one. All right. Well, that's that's a preparedness corner this week. Think about how much money you personally are going to need. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to share your thoughts on this, uh, feel free to join us over in the Discord. The link is in the show notes, and there is a Hammer to Crash Course or HRCC podcast chat. Just scroll down a little bit, and you'll see it. It's on the left-hand side. Think of IRC, but the chat rooms are on the left, and that's how that works. Huh. <laughs> What's happening? Staircases change, remember? Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. All right, we've entered the Hammerdo Crash Course email correspondence tower. If you'd like to email us, you can email us at leah at hamtactical.com. Share us your ideas on the preparedness quarter. Ham radio thoughts and questions, or just tell us your journey in ham radio. And if you want to get a little crazy at that point, that's okay, too. If you send us a merch idea and we make a merch, we will send you one for free. And we just had that happen. Right. Literally, Eric last is getting week, a shirt. Last week, his idea, pretty fleshed out. You, you, you took some artist freedoms with it, adding the Baofengs to the logo. Came out sure. beautifully. Eric got a shirt, or will get a shirt, but mm-hmm. way to go, Eric, your uh, your merch idea. That was probably one of the faster turnarounds we've ever done. So, yeah, he, that. Eric suggested a radioactive shirt. Radioactive. Yep, that's simple. We also have a voicemail line. 
Do we have we voicemails do. this week? We do not have voicemails this week, but, but go I'll ahead and, go ahead and yeah. give you that number. The number is 562-334-2389. And the voicemail number is there for, for you when you're driving, listening to the podcast, and you're like, what did they just say? I need to correct them on something right now. So that way we can hear what the inside of your car sounds like, which is always <laughs> super fun for us. So make sure you take advantage of that. Okay, Leah, what uh, is our first email? The first email reads, Ukraine is not Putin's backyard. It's true. And this is from Mike. Greetings, my favorite podcasters. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Longtime listener here. Just a quick note on the last episode. Ukraine is a sovereign country, not a Putin's backyard with territorial integrity guaranteed under the Budapest Memorandum. Basically, they gave up the nukes left on their territory after the USSR had fallen under the condition that the U.S. and Russia will keep their territory as it was the moment of signing. It was tested during the Crimea War, and it is being tested right now. Mm -hmm. I know you know how it is, but in times of fake news, we all need to be especially cautious about the wording. Yes. There were examples in history when such generalizations led people to being reluctant to react, which led to bigger problems. See Anschluss of Austria and then, well, the ones who do not draw conclusions and learn from history Mm -hmm. are doomed to repeat it. Yes. On the ban of ham radio, we still receive Ukrainian stations, and there are numerous Winlink nodes working just to provide a way of getting emails out to the world. The espionage side of the ban of ham radio is one thing. During the first days of World War II, Germans managed to catch and execute many hams in Warsaw. They didn't want to have skilled operators behind the front lines. The lists were prepared before the invasion based on QSL cards. Wow. But more important is to realize that during war, it is deadly dangerous to operate ham radio. Russian forces are one of the best in radio location and operating ham radio will reveal your location in no time. They will attack civilians as they have shown during this conflict. Thus the ban. On the positive note, Poles mobilized quickly and the transports of food and other humanitarian aid are constantly flowing to our eastern border. I will probably ride this weekend to pick up refugees and transport them into Poland. We will see what will be needed. That is really fantastic. I'm going to take a, a minute to note. I know the Red Cross has mobilized pretty quickly over there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the suggestions that I have seen uh, that we can do actually involves Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And and we did it, actually. Yeah. Uh, Airbnb is doing two things. One is they have started a Ukraine fund that helps to place refugees in housing at no cost to the refugees. And they are working with property owners outside of the area to um, to provide housing. Yes. The other thing is that they have uh, paused all fees related to Airbnb bookings in Ukraine. Mm-hmm. 
especially the war-torn areas. Mm -hmm. And what you're able to do is you can book a stay, which you then cancel or whatever. You, You let the host know that why you're doing it. But in essence, you book a stay so that you can get U.S. money into Ukrainian hands. Right. And I think that's amazing. It's pretty smart. Because they're helping both people who are staying. Right. Right. And people who are going. Yeah. So there was an interesting discussion Leah and I had on that, you know, because I asked the question, it's like, okay, well, you know, often the refugees are the ones that kind of need the money more right. than um, the owner of a property, for instance. Right. But then it turns out that we what we learned was that some of the property owners are actually using their homes, as you kind of already mentioned, to house refugees as they're moving along. Yes. So I was like, okay, well, that's, you know, that's helping to kind of right. just keep this all moving as efficiently as you, as you could. I and guess. there's also nothing to say that the Airbnb hosts mm-hmm. are still in the area. Right. We don't know, right? Right, right. Exactly. It it also I think is worth noting. Uh, last week I think we got a couple of people that mentioned. Oh, you said the Ukraine a couple of times in the podcast. Uh, I we I tried definitely not did that. to, but I want to give a little uh, spice on this point. Go look up SNL and the skits, the Californians. Okay, I'm gonna. There, there is going to be an explanation. I know that somebody oh, wrote in okay. an email okay. about about referencing the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and thanks to Greg in the HRCC podcast. That was a very good. Too. That was a very good, uh, like blog video. The whole thing that d- describes what's going on, or at least the history of the name Ukraine. Why? Why it was referred to as the Ukraine for it's so long? Borderlands, right? Ukraine, the borderlands. borderlands, and it's the borderlands for. Poland, right? Originally, so I will say that the reason that I do that is not knowing any of the not history because we know any of the the background. It's because I'm Californian and we add the to literally the everything. five, the four. We yeah. take the four o five to the five. So I'm promising that I She's will try to trying. be much better about this. But I am fighting my own Californian accent to do mm-hmm. it because I, when I talk about the U.S., I say the U.S. And then as a result, everything that starts with a U, uh, I, I added the to. I understand because yeah. I did the same thing during the live stream and, and somebody called me out on it. It's not intentional. We don't mean it that way. But it's we will definitely do fighting better. fighting our, our personal Yeah who we are isms right so take please try not to take offense because it's yeah. not coming from that point of view but anyway but lesson taken a deeply appreciated and will be implemented to the best of our ability that yeah. latter part <laughs> yeah. yeah that's the tricky part exactly well mike continues on the positive note oh i'm sorry 
Uh, such troubled times triggered huge interest in radios. A Baofeng, I think UV83 or something similar, costs just south of 100 USD right now in Poland. Yes, some guys are trying to profit from people desperate to have another way of comms. That's crazy. Can, can but not we, surprising. Can we send some people some Baofangs? Is that a thing we can do? Yeah, I wonder if we can get them into Poland. That might be the right place to get them. Because obviously you can't just like airdrop a bunch of Baofangs into Ukraine. Right. Right. So that that's an interesting idea. We should look into that. On a more positive note, you have said, Josh, I have put myself in a position where I have to learn faster. This Saturday, I am starting ham radio license prep course for 50 people. And to my surprise, most YLs wished me luck. Hmm. That's nice. Very good. Being a meteorologist, I actually wanted to write to clarify some things you mentioned in the podcast, but it turned out to be about my neighbor country. So expect another one. (laughs) 1X Crew 73 from SP2J Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much for the email, Mike. And I can't wait for hot meteorologist weather corrections. Yes. But Mike, I can't thank you enough for doing everything you can. Honestly, being in America, I I feel like we're just helpless in this situation. We're watching it unfold and other than sending and donations. And struggling to find good information. I think that's the tricky part is that we're – I'm super conscious of all the, the propaganda that's out there. And I I feel like the propaganda is working, though. I, no, part I'm, of the goal of the propaganda is – It depends is, on what side you're talking about. But, y- yeah, keep going, keep going. Part of the goal of the propaganda is to steer an, uh, an agenda, right? Mm-hmm. But – by there being so much propaganda out there, I think a lot of people have just started to tune out because they don't know what's true. And that creates a sense of apathy. So oh, sure. in that sense, it's really working in you know in Russia's favor. Oh, interesting. That people don't know what's true or false. Because... So then they stop trying to sort it out. It's the same thing that happened with with uh, the panoramic news, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It got so conflicting that people were like, I'm not going to follow any of this anymore. I just don't have the energy. And I'm going to do whatever I think is the right thing to do. Wow. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. That's it. Yeah. I, it's, it's very challenging because, you know... There was a guy that um, I would see on on TikTok all the time. This is an unrelated thing. He was live streaming from the the convoy up in Canada. Oh. So I'd see him occasionally, and I'd sit there and watch for a little bit of time. He's literally just walking around talking to people and stuff like that. But he had that capability of doing that because of reliable internet and because nobody was shooting at him and stuff like that. But when you're talking about Ukraine and, and the war going on with them, we we're, we don't have that same level of access. So when something like Vice News comes along and they're like, hey, let's do an expose on this Molotov cocktail factory that was a brewery, and then the next day it got bombed, <sighs> right? So, so heartbreaking. It, it, it's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, you, you have we're people— We're hurting them. Right. We, we have people in the United States who are, like, thirsting for this information and they want to see this this type of news— 
and you have people, you know, Vice, for example, say what you will about Vice. I'm not saying I really like them or anything like that, but they literally were on the ground, right? They were there with, with reporters. But then that actually turned around and became a piece of intelligence that right. was used to, to, to airstrike. Uh, yeah. Bomb is the wrong word. I think they used a, a rocket, but regardless, it, it's it's crazy. The, the the asymmetrical nature of of warfare, which is there's going to be a lot of lessons learned from from the, all of what's going on right now. I I find you know terrifying, saddening, and fascinating. You know, at the same time, and it's yeah, you know, it's, it's, my heart uh, goes out. It's really heartbreaking. So, uh, Mike, thank you so much for everything that you and your community are doing to help these refugees. Uh, you're saving lives, mm-hmm. right? Indeed, literally going and picking up refugees, and and then, so that's a that's a physical putting yourself out there and helping people, and then mentally helping to train people on how to use the radio. Good for you. That's yeah, beautiful. Absolutely. All right. Well, the next email is titled Watch to Watch. Mm. And this is from Don. Hello, Leah and Josh. In answer to how the Apple Watches communicate, because they have their own phone numbers, they talk over whatever network carrier you're on. That done, by the time you read this on the pod, I will have activated my first POTA with the master K8 MRD, K murder. Oh, nice. In Huntsville, Texas. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, that's going to be so much fun. Can't wait to see it. Also, to add to the military stories, while I was at training, what we Marines called the stumps, MCCES, MCAGC, we made a contact from 29 Palms to Somalia with an HF radio connected to a 400-watt amplifier and a 32-foot whip antenna. That's... Wow. Okay. The interesting thing about this was that during the Somalia conflict, where they took the class ahead and behind me and sent them for OJT, this shows my luck with combat deployments as I was set to go to Bosnia in 99, but was pulled at the last minute to be medically discharged. Wow. Don Don signs off 73, Don, KE5, ADX, the RF Philtech. Wow. Very cool. Thank you so much for the email. And uh, yes, I, I do understand watch to watch. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. I, I think we made a comment about uh, how do how do the walkie-talkie functions on the... I know that. I know. I think I'm... I made a comment in passing. Okay. I'm like, I, I know how they work. I don't think they're using some, they're not using like Laura or anything. They're, you're using your phone and the internet. Laura. <laughs> Could you imagine wearing a Laura device on I your wrist? I got a T-beam on my wrist. <laughs> Just got to keep shrinking it. The next email reads 11 meter correspondent. And this is from Drew. Hello, Leah, Josh, and all the folks out there in podcast land. By necessity, I will make this email short because hunting and pecking on a keyboard, many of the letters are worn off the keys is hard. Mm. (laughs) Oh, I see. Pecking on a keyboard where many of the letters are worn off the keys is hard. I am typing one-handed because I have thoroughly injured one arm and I'm not able to do a lot of things, including work. I'm so sorry you're injured, Drew. 
As such, I've been playing a lot of radio from the shack and giving my 3D printers, yes, up to two now, a workout. While spending time in the shack, I realized I had way too many hand mics laying around my desk, so I made a clamp on a hand mic hanger. If anyone wants to help make ends meet while I can't work, I'm selling them and can be contacted many ways, including this email and the HRCC Discord. I also threw another ham radio video up on YouTube that I think Joshua will like about building an antenna and why you should too. Oh, nice. Right, right there with the ham radio minute from the podcast released today on March 4th. Anyways, I wanted to let y'all know I haven't fallen off a side of a mountain somewhere and I'm still enjoying the podcast at 1x. Excellent. Well, thank I'm, you for the update. I'm so glad you're okay, Drew. I hope that your arm heals soon so that you can be two-handed again. Yeah. Drew signs off. Drew, K-O-4-T-W-Q. Thank you, Drew. It's true. The next email comes from our resident overachiever, Paul. It reads, right. a Delta Horizontal Loop. Hello, Josh, Leia, and fellow podcast listener, Paul. Mm -hmm. The other Paul. The other Paul. Yes. The Horizontal Loop. I take zero credit for this antenna design. My Elmer, AE7FN, has built and tested many antennas in his backyard, including commercially purchased antennas. Mm. His conclusion is that the Horizontal Wire Loop is the best antenna out there if you can't put up towers. So two years ago, when I was getting started... I helped him put one up at my QTH. To date, I have reached 147 countries from my home near Seattle. I am very impressed with the antenna. If you have tall trees and some backyard space, I recommend trying it. I would agree. My loop is a full 80 meter wavelength, Ooh. so it's about 270 feet long. Yeah. It's supported by three trees, so it's a delta loop or triangle mm -hmm. and is about 55 feet high. Pretty nice. 55 feet. That's pretty nice. All right. Roughly 90 feet per side and fed with 135 feet half wavelength of window line. Wow. It will tune up on all bands. Yep. 80 to 6 meters, but it will not tune on 160 meters. That's why I'm building an inverted L. As much as I would love to have a full 160 meter loop, that's just not feasible on my property. <laughs> and it would be invis at the height I can manage. Mm -hmm. My 80 meter loop is pretty much invis on 80 meters, except with CW. I can reach most of the U.S., 34 states to date wow and with ft8 i have reached china japan australia and south america that's pretty good that's impressive i have attached an article on the antenna design by lb sebic w4 rnl sk silent key mm -hmm. please feel free to post this in the show notes so now in just a few short weeks i have gone from a lurker to my third email already that's because you're an overachiever, Paul. <laughs> Thank you for the emails. Uh, Paul signs off. Thanks for all you guys do for the hobby. Ta-da and 73W7PEZ. Humbly ambitious, Paul. <laughs> Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. We, uh, I did a live stream where we, we brought up a, a sky loop, as it's sometimes called, a few times. Not necessarily delta. Delta, again, is the triangle. This one was more or less like 
Uh, just get it up in the air real high. <laughs> Um, but yeah, a, an 80 meter sky loop is, is no, no joke. That's, that's, you, you, you need all the land for, for that. Now, I don't want to know what 160 is. That's a lot of feet. I took a second because I thought I was reading the annotation for feet wrong. No. <laughs> in his email. Nope. I was like, that is a lot of feet. It is a lot of feet. Yeah. The next email is titled Thunderstorm Follow-Up, and this is from Bryson. Mm-hmm. Hi, Leia and Josh. As, I was, as it was described to me, since the Tetons are up at 6,700 feet, it can get cold enough during the summer to snow. The dock that, that broke was on was on an island in Jackson Lake. I didn't pay too much attention at the time, but I think that the thunderstorm passed directly over the lake. My best guess is that the winds from the thunderstorm created waves on the lake that broke the dock. Also, ironically, a section of the park I thought I was doing POTA in last time, Snake River National Wild and Scenic River, is connected to that very lake that had the thunderstorm. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Those, uh, all of those bodies of water that are inland... That's how the water get there. Now for the park to park. I meant to bring this up last time, but I forgot. I'm not sure about the parks in California, but a lot of the parks out here are huge national forests, or in this case, a national wildlife refuge. Mm -hmm. It's also a lot of mountains and valleys. It's just a guess, but I think that the other activator was probably in a part of the park that was about 15 miles away. Mm-hmm. Still doable with five watts and an HT, except for I was in a river canyon. Mm. Still kind of curious if that would have counted as park to park. I should probably take another look at the rules. If you're calling from the same park, just, I mean, that should be, right? I'm assuming, yes, you both... get points as an activator and points as a chaser. Yeah. You, you would get chaser points on their log, and they would get chaser points on your log. Sure. I think so. The logic works out, but like anything in ham radio, you gotta double check. <laughs> Bryson continues, not sure if anyone is interested, but the Idaho CUSO party will be this weekend, assuming the podcast comes out on March 11th. Mm-hmm. One of the local clubs is planning to set up a park along the river. A set up in a park along the river. He's randomly popping up parks. That's just set up a park. It's a pop-up park. He's going to set up in a park along the river. Poda and a CUSO party. It should be a fun weekend. That'd be a fun little device that you could have that you just like set it up. You put it out there and you click pop-up a button. Pop-up park? And it's like a poda in a case. <laughs> What does it have? Like a shelter, uh, a, a picnic table? It becomes a POTA entity. Like, where are you activating? Uh, Chuck E. Cheese parking lot. <laughs> it automatically sends the POTA data. Yeah. It's a POTA pop-up. Yeah. He's just, that dude is a POTA. <laughs> what does that guy got? What's the national grandeur of that park? Uh, it's an easy up and a... 1970 Chevy. <laughs> Is that your red car? Is that your red car? Bryson signs off. Thanks for another great podcast. 73 Bryson N7 HNL. 
Thank you so much, Bryson, for writing in and clarifying that story about that freak summer snowstorm. That's <laughs> yeah, it was. That's an interesting one. I still, I'm uh, that doc though. I don't know, man. That must have been an old doc. <laughs> I, have, I have more questions. Can't teach about an that old doc. doc new tricks. That's <laughs> okay. Well, well played. The next email is titled Ukraine and Longmire. And this is from our very talented cheese smoker and Coogs aficionado. And that's like like the college Coogs, mm-hmm. not like the other type of Coogs. Right. I don't know what Adam's dating habits are. Right. That's true. Could We're not be talking both. about the Foxfire. Yeah. <laughs> Josh and Leia. As I was sitting and just listening to your podcast with the YL, she had a hot take on Longmire. She directed me to email and say it was filmed in northern New Mexico. Yes. Checks out. Checks Mm -hmm. out. Yep. And then she flung the bird in the general direction of the speaker when Josh suggested to get the DX commander, (laughs) which is now in queue to be ordered. Thanks. I'm going to take a minute right here to mention something that happened to DX Commander. Yes, we should mention that on the podcast. Uh, Callum, who is probably one of the most entertaining. uh, One of the most entertaining YouTube ham radio YouTubers for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He ran into an issue with Google. His original YouTube page is no more. Correct. And I have some details, but not all of them. I I know a lot of people, a lot of YouTube friends of mine, uh, ran out and made a video really fast on it, which is good. You know, get the word out because he does have uh, another account. Yes. And another YouTube channel up so you can follow him there. The link will be in the show notes. So go check it out. There is a lot of people posting this on Facebook pages, different groups, posting all over the place like this is some kind of YouTube thing. I want to remind everybody, YouTube is a service that is under the umbrella of Google. Google has lots of different services that that you can avail yourself of. One of them is Google Drives. And it's believed that something to do with changes recently applied to Google Drive is what landed Callum under uh. the terms of service violations. I was looking at uh, a couple of posts on this because it freaked me out. I'm like, dude, I use Google Drives all the time and it's attached to my YouTube. Oh, my God. <laughs> and it turns out that there's some people who had their entire Google account like banned because they changed a bunch of file names to have ones in the front. What? Yeah. There's some wild claims out there of some changes that YouTube has done. So the, um, the point that I want to make is one, go sub sub to Callum's new channel. Do that. Yes. Second, if you are a YouTuber and you have a Gmail account or Google account, of course you do, right? Gmail. Um, You may want to not use that account for anything but your YouTube. And don't really use the Google Drive. Don't really use anything until we get a better understanding of what is all going on. What's the trigger? In parallel, for those of you like me that have been using, you know, I have a couple of uh, Gmail accounts. The one that is attached to my YouTube is my oldest one. There's so much stuff in there. It's like, who knows 
yeah. what I could get myself in trouble. So under you're these starting a new channel. Ever, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> under, under these ever-changing terms of service rules. So I'm actually trying to find out if there's a way for me to move my YouTube channel to a new clean Gmail account. Ooh. That way they're totally separate and I can That's just good idea. keep them little homogenous zones, right? Um, not because I'm doing anything nefarious, nor is Cal doing anything nefarious, but, you know, who knows how right. quickly a bot, you know, code gets changed and all of a sudden you get terms of service out, you know, that just That's freaks me out. Um, Cal was smart, though. He had, a, he had a backup system in Odyssey, and I think he has backups of most of his videos. So I don't think we necessarily lost anything per se. Except now Callum gets to play the whole game of like unlocking achievements by getting subscribers. <laughs> like he's like, I don't have a community page. Like when do you get a community page? And then we're all off like trying to figure out like, oh, when do you, when do you get a community page? These are all things like most of us haven't had to worry about for years in some cases, right? Right. So it, it it's it's horrible, and I, I feel so bad he's got to go through it. But he has probably the best attitude I've seen. He's like, you know, it's happened, and you know, I could. I can sit here and wallow around about it. He's like, but I'm I'm unwilling to do that. He's like, I've went I've been through way worse than this, and you know I'll be fine. And he's just out there trucking again. So really do recommend you go check out his uh, his new YouTube channel. And if his old YouTube channel comes back, well, then he'll have a second channel that he can do something with. Maybe he'll do uh he'll do reaction videos and let's plays. <laughs> let's play ham radio. All right. Well, Adam continues. I also wanted to pop in and say that the DX10 only has one receive port on the back end as an FYI. Last time when I was asking about easing transition downtime, mm -hmm. you mentioned getting the DX commander because there is a second antenna port on the back. I think you must have been thinking of the 101. The YL also wanted me what? to convey another piece of advice if people want to help out Ukraine. Mm -hmm. Rent an Airbnb there. Yeah. Yes. That's the hot tip. Add a note to say, I will not be staying, just want to help. That way, you know, the cash is going directly to these folks and not being skimmed by companies or anything to that effect. And again, Airbnb has suspended all rental fees that they would normally charge mm -hmm. to facilitate this i i think that's uh i think that's awesome so something i've been wondering about with my inverted v fan dipole i tend to wonder now and then how far apart do the wires generally have to be to prevent coupling i'm trying to come up with a good spreader solution for the wires and don't want to invest time in building a bunch of spreaders and then have it all go wonky mm-hmm I don't know off the top of my head what the, the space means. <laughs> I've never built a fan dipole. All right. Well, is there a resource that he could go to? to... Yeah, the ARRL antenna book, possibly the ARRL handbook, mm. multiple websites online. I'm sure there's a ton. There's definitely a spacing that you need to hit, but um, yeah, I don't know that off the top of my head. Okay. I will say I just pulled up a picture of the FTDX10, and um, I wasn't necessarily saying a receive antenna, although it, it does have a port for a receive antenna, but it has two antenna ports, so you can have two active antennas. Okay. Uh, or no, is that the 101? That is the 101. There you go. Wait a second. You were wrong. Haha. Uh -huh. Thank you, Adam. I'm continuing <laughs> to be wrong here. I want to see the back. Well, <gasps> son of a... It is only one antenna on the back. 
That's so it's just a really advanced it's just an advanced 7300. Wow, so you really do have to put down big boy money to get a, a secondary antenna port. We wah, literally did wah. an after chat. We literally did an after chat for people that have um we were talking with people that have had FTDX tens and they were all talking about their second antenna port. I was like, really? And they were like, yeah, yeah, it's great. Blah, blah, blah. Maybe they were thinking of the 101, but I, they said they had the 10. Okay. Hmm. Well, I apologize for anybody that, uh, make sure you look at the back of radios before you buy them. <laughs> Pro tip. Adam signs off. I have a feeling there was something else I wanted to ask, but I will say 73 for now and hope puppy training is going well. It's, it seems like it is. Thanks, Adam. It's one time. Yeah. <laughs> one. one. One day and it's not over yet. <laughs> yeah. Just getting started. And that's Adam, WA7CUG. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. Thank you, Adam. The next email is titled Ukraine. No, the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dear Leah and Josh, you probably have received emails about this already, but just in case, I wanted to let you know that the correct name for Ukraine does not have the. Thanks for your work on the podcast and YouTube channel. It's very informative. Kind regards. And it says, don't read my name out on the air. So I'm going to leave it off. But there is no, a... You read that name. <laughs> there you is a, a link... corrector. You know, just <laughs> That uh, he has provided. And I will put that in the show notes. Thank you so much. Yep. Very good. Not intentional. The next email is titled, just put something up. Mm-hmm. And this is from Troy. My interest in ham radio started long ago listening to local police and fire on AM FM radio that had weather and public band. I would sit for hours manually tuning the knob up and down to quote unquote scan for traffic. (laughs) The old manual scanner. (laughs) Several years later, I got interested in going to military air shows. Ooh! I purchased a handheld UHF VHF scanner to listen to the planes as well as the police and fire. Mm -hmm. In trying to get better signals, I replaced the stock rubber ducky with an Ed Fong roll up. I connected it to the handheld and hang it indoors to listen, but needed something better. I looked up antenna plans for something to put up outdoors. I ended up making a quarter wave ground plane from a bulkhead end connector and Mm -hmm. old wire coat hangers. I used some scrap PVC pipe as a mast. I run coax through my bedroom window. I like to listen at night before bed. Well, that nice. sounds like an awesome build. Just putting it up. Yeah, those end connectors, um, the bulkhead connectors are, are pretty cool. They're like a flange that oh, would that's bolt cool. on the side of something, but you can build a whole antenna off of it. I live in Northern California, and with the fires over the last few years, I have been able to monitor firsthand reports on the fires. Wow. That's cool. One night I was listening, and it was the Tubbs fire. From listening to police and fire reports, I could hear about areas in danger and road closures. My wife was working the graveyard shift that night. I was able to call and warn her the area would soon be overcome. As she drove out of the area, flames on both sides of the road, I was able to warn her of detours and guide a safe way out. Wow. That's awesome. Attached are photos of the homemade coat hanger antenna. I'll drop that in the HRCC podcast channel of the Discord. It is, that's 
amazing repurposing. I'm gonna yeah, show super cool. Josh real fast. Yep. Nicely awesome. done. Awesome. With a, and I'm assuming not very expensive. See, Josh, it doesn't have to be pricey. What? You can just make it and it'll work. Yeah. <laughs> you can do that. Thank you so much, Troy. Yeah, thank you, Troy. The next email is titled, Oh no, my YouTubers, they're broken. <laughs> and this is from Wes. Good evening, my fellow radio addicts. I feel that enough time has passed to make this comment. I don't know what was in the air a few weeks ago, but all our YouTubers were crying. Josh was mourning the loss of his pet. Mike was getting emotional about MFJ and Jason was being a weenie because his beer was too spicy. <laughs> did he drink the beer? <coughs> he he did. He, he drank it on the air? Yeah. The ghost pepper one? Yeah. And then what happened? It was hot for him. <laughs> it was, it was hot. Did he cry? It, it looked like his eyes were water. Oh, no. I'm so sorry, Jason. I mean, we, we did fairly warn him, though, right? He, he wanted the beer. He asked for this. He <laughs> did ask for the beer. He did ask. He said he'd like to try it. I said, I will send. I sent him two. <laughs> and let me just say. Use the other one in a chili. Just drink the other one. I don't know that I would put. I don't know that I would put a milkshake in a chili. Life's, That's an IPA milkshake. I don't know that I would do. It's that. fine. Okay. I promise. I make chili all the time. It's fine. In the words of Ron Swanson, there are two instances for men to cry: funerals and the Grand Canyon. Josh, you get a pass. Yeah. You know, I I think it's really great when men cry. You think it's great? Yeah. <laughs> For what? Because it shows that they're really comfortable with their emotions. You know? Yeah, chicks dig it when you cry. Is that what you're saying? No. Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) Wes continues, Josh, please take a moment during this podcast, if not already planned, to talk about what is going on with the Forest Service and the use of their towers for amateur radio. I believe it is crucial to survival of amateur radio for sa- life-saving services. If you if you want the best discussion on that, go to the last episode of Ham Nation that's on my YouTube channel, and you can fast forward to the end. Amanda explains it pretty well. I will paraphrase. As of now, um, the Forest Service has kind of a prohibition on charging ham radio licensees that have repeaters in forestry service ham shacks like at the top of summits and whatnot Mm -hmm. rent they are seeking a removal of that prohibition oh so they would be charging retailer commercial prices basically why i don't know so they're they're considering hey equipment is equipment why can't we you know charge them rent Mind you, because it's helping, because it's for helping free for free, right? Because the the hams are m- maintaining their own equipment; they're not asking for anything. They're probably paying for power, whatever is being used. But there are multiple instances where, obviously, repeaters are used to direct traffic on the ground and is good, you know, emergency service type stuff. 
But we have actual examples in California where our meshed repeater systems and our mesh equipment is used for trail cameras that are streaming through the mesh to people that monitor those video cameras. Gordon West is a part of a Firewatch team, and they actually will have people watch cameras during high, you know, during peak season for fires. There have been multiple instances where wildland fires are caught at the very early stages because of people looking and watching these mesh cameras. This just sounds so ungrateful now. I I don't see a reason for it. On one hand, I can see how they kind of have to ask the question, but at the same time, do I'm a little offended that the they question? even. Do they have? I'm to sure ask? someone, probably in a boardroom somewhere, or you know, a, I don't know, some a, a treehouse conference, a, a treehouse conference center. Yeah, <laughs> uh, basically said, well, we you know we got to find out if this is a big deal or not. I bet it right? was. I would. I bet it's that boss Keebler elf. You know. Mm-hmm. The boss Keebler elf is yeah. a member of the Forestry Service. Is yeah. What you're saying. Yeah. Well, I mean, he lives in a tree. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I bet it's that guy. He's always trying to squeeze out as much as possible. His cookies aren't even good. He has like a tree-based cottage industry. Right. It can't just be one tree. They can't exactly. do all their men. He's got, you know what? Yeah, he's like a, a robber baron yeah. of tree-based manufacture. And he's trying to charge hams that are mm-hmm. just volunteering mm-hmm. to help save his home. I bet How you. How dare he? Now that I think about it, all those <laughs> 5G towers that have gone up that look like trees, I bet you he's behind them. Yeah. All those cell phone towers that that right. he's expanded barely look his... like. He's now in a, he's, he's a telecom. Yeah. But yeah, the Keebler telecom. Yeah. This he is, just parlayed those cookies right into cell phones. This is just different kind of cookies, though. Yeah. <laughs> So when you when you go to a website and ask you if they can track your cookies, yeah, and you deep dive that, you know, because yeah. they, you know, you want to turn them off. One of them is like the Keebler elves, right? A little slider. They want to know. They want to know what kind of cookies are you looking what for? Kind of cookies you want? <laughs> Real cookies, internet cookies, <laughs> fudge stripes. Fudge stripes are probably their best cookie. No, don't they do the grasshoppers too? The ones that are totally chocolate covered. Yes, the little tri- the I, little rectangles. I believe they also do wafers. Like of different what? flavored wafers. Oh, whatever. You, you know, the cream-filled wafers. Oh, 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 yeah, those are okay. Yeah, those are good. But just to so recap. and crispy. We'll, um, we'll grab the link. The Forestry Service is asking for our feedback on what we think of all this. And a form letter is oftentimes very convenient, but easy to ignore if people are just copying and pasting it. So I would hope that everybody takes the link uh, to the form letter, goes or not the form letter, takes the form letter to the Forestry Services page on providing feedback and provides your feedback on what you think of all of this. We're obviously against the removal of the prohibition of taxing rent or Mm -hmm. charging rent to these clubs that are putting up repeaters. This just reminds me of another Cal Fire situation again that we were in like two two, three years ago now. It might help to mention that you prefer the grasshopper cookies to like Thin Mints, you know, just like... Uh, that TikTok still makes me <laughs> laugh so hard. Where the guys like Samoas are garbage. The best cookie is is Thin Mint. Those are the two best. Uh, arguably, yes. The, for totally different reasons. Totally different reasons. Because this, <laughs> but the, the, the argument caramel that the, delight is essentially 
depending on where your Girl Scout troop is. It's a candy is, bar. It's either Caramel Delight or a Samoa. Right. It's just, it's really just a candy. It's, yeah, it's just a candy. Right. It's like a Mounds meets a Twix, which is amazing. But the guy, the guy that came for the dude that said Samoas are bad. After he said Thin Min is his favorite, he's like, what's the main ingredient? Crest? <laughs> so funny. Thin Mints are so good, too, though. Frozen. Yeah. Did you know that uh, if you wanted to just go ahead and take money and donate it to your Girl Scout troop, because it turns out they make less than a dollar a box. Mm-hmm. Airbnb. And in our area, they... <laughs> In uh, in our area, the boxes go anywhere from like five to eight dollars. You could literally take that money that you were going to buy five boxes with, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> give it directly to your Girl Scout troop and then go to Aldi <laughs> because apparently the same bakery <laughs> no. makes Girl Scout cookie ripoffs and sells them at both Actually, they sell them, I think, at like the Dollar Tree, too. And they're cheaper then. Yeah, they're a dollar. <laughs> if the... you want last year's Girl Scout cookies, consider Dollar Tree. They, people did taste tests, and some of them said that the ones that they were buying from Aldi tasted better. What? Than the Girl Scout ones. And then you're getting a box of cookies. For, for... nothing. Yeah, and then you can take all the remainder... Mm-hmm. and give it to the Girl Scouts. Yeah, because nobody really needs like five boxes of Girl Scout cookies. It's probably just better to give $20 to a Girl yeah. Scout troop, buy a box of cookies from a Dollar Tree and call it call it good. I think so. And I think it's better in the long run for your health and literally more money to the Girl Scout troop in question. And then you can honestly... What tiny margins? That's trash. I know. It's very upsetting. Those girls work their tails off. And it's actually a huge distraction, I think. I think so, too. You, if you ask my mom, she this is her hill. This is one of her big hills to die on, that Girl what? Scout Girl Scouts was much better before the cookies got all involved. My Seriously? mom was, like, hardcore. She was, she, I think she went all the way through Girl Scouts, but I think there's only, like, three ranks. Um, but still, yeah. Because what do you know Girl Scouts for? We're talking about cookies right now. <laughs> Straight up. Like, what, what? else do they do? And I don't mean that to offend anybody who's deeply involved with Girl Scouts. I'm saying general public opinion is right. they know Girl Scouts when they come around with the cookies. You've taken all of your branding, all of your influence, and you have thrown it behind selling cookies of which your your child's troop gets less than a dollar. That's... Uh... It's so upsetting. It's so upsetting to me. I bet you there's a couple of guys at work who have Girl Scouts and they always have the cookie flyer out. I should go by and just give them like a 20 and just be like, donation. Here you go. Yeah. Don't give me the cookies. You keep it. Aldi has some for me. (laughs) All year round. I think it's also crazy that there's not an exclusivity thing on the cookies. Right? (laughs) That's. Come on, you're trying to teach these girls business and you didn't even secure. Oh, that's a hard lesson. That's a hard rights. business uh, business lesson that they just learned. That's brutal. It's uh. Yeah, that's their other angle. They're like, no, we're teaching them about business. What are they actually learning? 
Because nobody goes door to door anymore, no. at least in our area. It's all parents posting to social media and sending out email blasts. And like pseudo panhandling in front of supermarkets. Right. That's not really a, a business model. Well, I mean, it kind of is. For, For you and the Salvation Army. <laughs> and guys who want petitions signed. Petitions? Guys get paid a lot of money. More than a Girl Scout. They get paid per signature, depending on how hard it is to get a signature for that, uh, like, uh, for that petition. Mm -hmm. If they know it's going to be a hard sell, mm -hmm. right? Those petitions pay more per signature. Yeah, somebody hit me with one years ago <laughs> where they, they wanted to, like, take rights away from people. And I was like, what? What are you doing here, man? And, like I get paid five dollars a signature. Yeah, I get paid twenty dollars a signature because uh, nobody wants to sign this thing. That's like a box of Girl Scout cookies every time I get a signature. So if you've ever wondered how certain <laughs> certain things end up on a ballot, it's because people are paid to get these petitions signed. That's oh, crazy. My sister did it for a while. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Because of because of our friend Jennifer. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good times, good times. My sister doesn't do that anymore. Nope. Yeah. Well, Wes continues, this weekend's international DX contest was amazing. Mm -hmm. I had never realized how much fun DXing is. I don't get a chance to operate during the day on weekends very often because there is work to do on the farm. But for some reason, I was able to squeeze in about three hours straight operating this evening. I racked up 59 contacts with 27 countries. Most of these contacts were made on 10 and 15 meters. I'll take that for 100 watts and a wire. 10 was hopping. 10 was hopping the last couple of weeks. It's been great. While I was not competing for the score, I had a blast. If there's anyone who is discouraged because they do not have a large or new station, don't worry. Even with old equipment, you can get the job done. Don't worry about your setup. You can do it. That is the can-do attitude that got you 59 contacts, Wes. Seriously. Yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, 10 meters doesn't require a massive antenna. 10 meters is really not that big of an antenna. Plus, it doesn't need to be that high off the ground. And, you know, give, give it some height, give it some height. But still, you, you, you can do pretty well just with a, a dipole um, 30 feet, aim for 30 feet. For my southern addicts, I would like to propose a new kind of soda, swamps on the air. Oh, boy. It's like poda, but everything is trying to kill you. Mm. I put that on my QSL cards. <laughs> nice. Lastly, I cannot wait for the space cadet to be dropping the hammer on channel 14 next time Skip is rolling. I'll be ready to drop the hammer back at Josh from the swamp. <laughs> 927, bump, bump. I don't know. Am I the space cadet? I don't know. <laughs> Man, I had a big pile up on 10 meters. And we'll be out there again Sunday, most likely. Sunday around noon Pacific time. And we start out on 20 meters and we work all, all the way up to 10. West, likely. If you have any questions on that, go to the HFNet uh, chat room on the Discord. Wes signs off. I hope I have done my part to contribute to the four-ish hours of radio-related content. Until next time, da Wes. Mm -hmm. 
Well, hello, everybody. We're back. Hello. Hello. We're continuing on with the emails. We are. Yeah. How are you doing? Good. I, I'm actually still reeling from watching a city council meeting. I just, one of our city oh council members God. was publicly accused of a felony. By another council member. Yes. A couple felonies, technically. Right. Apparently, this council member had gone on vacation to Spain and took his company credit card. His, Why? His city credit card. Why? Because the visa wanted to see Barcelona. That's why. <laughs> Just, Horrible. And he bought Nikes and McDonald's. And, okay, so I'm not sure what's more egregious. <laughs> One, that he took this city credit card. Right. On vacation, right, and bought things with it, or that he was eating McDonald's in Spain, <laughs> like of, of all of the delicious. Maybe things it's like going to McDonald's to in like in Japan. Spain. You know, there's like special foods that are only available in Japan. Maybe okay, Spain I'm gonna, has. I'm gonna look up what is the uh, Spanish uh, yeah. menu for McDonald's. Yeah, so we can Spain menu McDonald's. Got it. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. let's. It's. <laughs> Okay. This, I almost don't want to read this because I know I'm going to butcher it. Um, no, it looks like the same. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, Never mind. There's a, there is all of the same things mm -hmm. that we have here mm -hmm. for breakfast. All of the same things that we have here for, no, there's no difference. That's just. You know why they call it the Royale with cheese? Why? It's a metric system. <laughs> so it turns out that was that was from Pulp Fiction, though, and it was talking yes. about France. But mm -hmm. okay, never mind. Did you? <laughs> so did you know that in California, mm. if a person who is in elected office uses a a credit card that's issued to them by the entity they're serving. Mm -hmm. Even if they pay the money back, that's a felony. The Dude, a felony though. That's... That cannot be bargained down to a misdemeanor. Wow, that is hard. There were people who were indicted in Compton because they did something on a much larger scale mm -hmm. where they were charging plane tickets and things like oh, that. Oh my goodness. And they paid, I think most if not all of it back but the district attorney basically said uh like you know on a robbery even if the robber gives you the money back the robbery still occurred <laughs> so let this be a lesson to you if you if are you... ever serving in public office and i really do encourage people to serve in public office especially as hams mm -hmm. because the way that you spread ham radio is by rising to power yes. and becoming the reptilian elite but without being reptiles and just being hams ah, the hamtilian elite the hamtilian elite <laughs> yes i like it that's i can get behind this, this and is... then think about how many city rules you can abolish about the heights of antennas in that's, your city. <laughs> that's the first thing you do when you want to set up a tower. You have to join city council. Yes. It's the first thing you do. <laughs> do you know how expensive it is to run a campaign in our city? What did they say, like 40,000? Oh, 60 to 100,000. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is stupid. That is 
crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's not your own money. Well, you're putting in some of it. Uh, no, it's definitely people... your time. Oh, that's true. I just and everyone else around you. <laughs> like you basically have to tap everyone around you and use their social and you capital. Hobnob with these people, and I'm like, my god. No, I mean, so, some of them are genuinely my friends. Fine, but you know, and then I'm gonna go out and support my friends, mm-hmm. right? So. It's just, it's like an odd. It's an odd group. I want you to know. It's an interest, like, and that's 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 someone who's in an odd hobby, right. calling another hobby kind of odd. So right? I do want you to know that mm-hmm. you mm. are actually on a campaign flyer <laughs> that was what? sent out <laughs> to the city. Like just me? No, you and I. But you're in it. How? They spelled our last name wrong, though. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Hoshnasi. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's what I'm reeling over right now. And I just... I'm supposed to go on a, uh, a YouTube uh, live stream. It's like on a Saturday. Okay. And that's I think... That's when your live stream No, it's like, it, it's early in the afternoon. Um, I think it's like at noon my time. And I, like, I'm still obviously, for those that don't know, which, you know, there's probably a lot of people that don't know this... The Ham Radio Crash Course wasn't always called the Ham Radio Crash Course. It used to be called Hosh Nasi. Nobody knew what the heck it meant. It was just my name. Right. Josh Nass. Hosh Nasi. Mis- mispronounced. Mispronounced. And so some people will occasionally bring it up, but everybody still just says it completely wrong. Uh-huh. And uh, I, so I'm going to be on this guy's show, and, he, and during his live stream, he's doing a little like thing, like, Josh is going to be out here. It's going to be super fun. And he goes by Hosh Nasi. <laughs> And, and he, he he's, he's the sweetest guy. He means it in the best way. But it's like, yeah, no, this was not a good name for doing anything on YouTube. Yes. Uh, one needed to separate themselves from this. And, and I did. But, oh, uh, yeah, people still call me that occasionally. So, yeah. All right. Okay. Oh, I also joined the Rodden Gun Club. I Yes, you did. Yeah. Mainly because they do door prizes. and They got you this. in the oldest gun club trick in the book. If you want to get in the raffle, son? <laughs> You gotta be a member. <laughs> well, my friend is president, and you used to be a member eight years ago. I used to do their website and their newsletter, and you did all the volunteering at the uh, fireworks thing, all the things, and the pancake breakfast mm-hmm. on the fishing derby day. I almost like blew somebody's face off with that <laughs> gun with the pancake griddle. <laughs> They couldn't get the pancake griddle to light, and it's all these old guys like standing around it. I'm like, step away, step out of the side, noobs. And the problem was they had the butterfly valve not adjusted, so it wasn't getting a proper air mixture. Mm-hmm. But that's one of those big ass griddles, right? Uh-huh. And he had his arm like up to his face into the griddle, and like on the other side though, so I I couldn't see it, and I was like, okay, everybody, step back. I repeat, uh-huh. step back. And he And did I not... lit that thing on it. It was one of those griddles where it like whooshes from one side oh, to the other side. No. And he barely got his himself out of out of the way. Um I was like and he got all mad at me. I'm like, I you guys called me over to light this thing and you're got your whole body up in it. <laughs> like there was a bunch of other dudes standing around so i couldn't see it uh, i was like you asked me I, to light you I, on fire <laughs> you can't be you can't be on the west wing of the griddle inside it and get upset so my friend is president of the club now and i saw her that morning she was like oh come to my meeting tonight 
And I'm like, oh, and I hemmed and I hawed. And then I went because mm-hmm. she goes and supports all my things. And uh, when we're there, they're giving away a shotgun. <laughs> what kind of shotgun was it? Who cares? I, well, <laughs> I care. <laughs> And my friend Cammy, she's there. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I have all this ammo and I have no gun. <laughs> and I was like, what do you have ammo for? She's like, I've got some nine millimeter. I've got some shotgun shells. And I was like, and you have neither a nine millimeter handgun nor a shotgun. And she was like, I came here to win it. <laughs> and then I was like, wait a minute, they're giving away a shotgun. <laughs> I, I would be very curious what the shotgun was. I, that would have been the first question I would have asked. I don't know. Last week, it was Disneyland tickets and something else. These door prizes are serious. For, for what Disneyland tickets go for, that could have been a high-end shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not, though. It's more like a something from Big Five. So then I joined so I could join the raffle. Mm-hmm. And then as uh, as I'm like, okay, bye, everybody, in the middle of the meeting. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just I'm like, I didn't win, I didn't win. so I'm going to go. Uh, there are people who remembered you, yeah. uh, of course, right? And uh, as as I'm leaving at the end of the meeting, somebody goes, but like Josh is going to come next time. <laughs> like, this is the only place in Cerritos that you care more about Josh than you care about me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then i was like oh so um just to explain where josh is now he went from fishing and shooting things mm-hmm. to ham radio another very now niche hobby <laughs> and then somebody goes oh he should come and do a talk and i'm like that's neither rods nor guns <laughs> stay in your lane peace summit. <laughs> And then he's like, but I'd really like to hear it. I I think I've seen him on YouTube. <laughs> well, there you go. He does a talk every week, guys. <laughs> I mean, you could do something. They do a lot of um Yeah. They do outdoors. a lot of camping, outdoor yeah. stuff. So. And now boating. When yeah. I was a member, they did not do that. It was all It was all shotgun. It was like shotguns and um and handgun. Yeah. And but the handgun very, was like very a weird little rod, <laughs> very no little, rod, yeah. all gun, yeah, and all shotgun. Oh, so that guy that uh, when you were a member, mm-hmm. he was the one who was like, "Hey, why don't we do more fishing stuff?" Right? Because mm-hmm. I'm really here for the fishing stuff. He's still in the club eight years later, and he is the one that's planning all the fishing stuff. Well, he was he was back then, but he was always doing like these. Like day long or weekend long deep sea fishing things, yeah. Like that would—that's his jam, and I don't have that much interest in deep sea. Right now, you get to check what you're interested in, and I chose municipal lakes. <laughs> I'm really into lakes. All right, let's go. We're never going to get through the emails. The next email is also from uh, Wes. Okay. Our uh, our leather tooling master that's right our tandyman <laughs> that's right i go a totally different way when i hear the word tandy though computer yes yeah <laughs> it's like you're carving up tandies <laughs> it's, it's a real niche <laughs> mm-hmm. or is it a niche 
Anyways, this email wow. is titled Laura Meshtastic Builds. Mm-hmm. While impulse buying is real, I just purchased everything I need to outfit my life with three Laura devices. Mm. I will put a solar powered Laura box on top of my barn to give me additional range. If Josh got a three mile range in an urban environment, I will suspect in a more rural environment if the barn is higher than the surrounding trees. Josh, did the upgraded antennas add sufficient amount of range? I would like to build a setup of 10 units to mesh together for my community during disaster periods, such as hurricanes. Mm -hmm. The area is about 10 square miles. That should be fine. Josh, I've watched your video about six times a piece to make sure I have everything covered. Is there any logistical information you can provide us listeners interested in this that you have learned since the making of the videos? Um, yeah, I, I've since been able to use Wi-Fi to connect my laptops to the Meshtastic devices. Mostly I showed tablets over Bluetooth. They, at least if you go with the T-beams, they will support Wi-Fi as well, mm-hmm. which is nice. Uh, the disadvantage of that, though, is it's purely command line. So you're literally making like a serial connection over Wi-Fi um, to the device. And you send in information, you send in commands basically to do what you need to do, which works fine. It just doesn't have that, you know, pretty user interface. So it might not be the most approachable thing for most people, but it definitely gives you the most control because you can like push updates and you can do all kinds of uh, more esoteric things with the command line than you can if you were using just the uh, the apps. So how do you secure Laura Meshtastic devices across a 10-mile range that's going to be hit by hurricanes. You don't. I, I mean, you, you put them in waterproof boxes and do the best you can. But uh-huh. um, obviously, if you're in a hurricane, you're probably not going to be leveraging some solar. So you probably do want to put like a pretty beefy battery pack in there. Mm-hmm. If you think one 18650, you'll get it roughly three days, depending on how often you have it wake up, do what it needs to do, and go back to sleep. That's adjustable. Um, they can last a whole week if you put a big enough battery behind them mm. and you give them enough height. The improved <sighs> antennas, the longer antennas do perform a lot better. So uh, that is a recommendation. They also make antennas that can be, you know, outdoor antenna, much, much higher gain. The disadvantages of those is that they actually have an antenna mount for like an NMO connector. So you do need some amount of feed line. The problem with going that route, though, is these are already putting out very low power. Mm-hmm. And at that high a frequency, any amount of feed line is going to introduce significant losses. Like the RF is going to get lost mm. in the coax. So you still need to put the T-beams outside. It still needs to be waterproofed. It still needs a reliable power source or a very big battery. And you try to make that feed line as short as possible. But yeah, that antenna is very good, too. Okay, great. Well, Wes signs off. Thanks, Wes. You're welcome. Hope we answered your, Josh answered your question. (laughs) The next email is titled, Things Are Happening Over Here. And this is from Preston. Mm -hmm. Hello, Hamily. It's been a while since I've emailed in, and I just wanted to share some recent developments in my ham radio journey. All right. Back in January, I accomplished one of the top goals for every OM in this hobby. I convinced my fiancé to make that final push in studying and test for technician. She tested the first weekend of February and got her call sign a couple of weeks later. 
if congratulations you, if you give tristan a ko4 wuj a ringy dingy on the soundboard i'm sure she'd appreciate it well there you go congratulations tristan good job that's, congrats that's fantastic welcome to the club indeed in my opinion, the timing couldn't be better. As 10 meters is opening up, I'm hoping she'll catch the HF bug and go for general. Nice. But this also, is a good time. Yeah. But also, as she'll be commissioning in the Navy soon, we'll be moving to Washington State sometime this year, and her VHF UHF privileges will make her intercar communication so much easier during the week long drive across the country. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's going to be a big move, Preston. Yeah. That's good, though. That'll be fun. Do a little bit of planning. You'll be able to hop between repeaters. Or if you go with like a D-Star radio, you can just program a, a lot of different repeaters into it and jump. The exciting thing about our move is that we'll be looking at renting a house rather than an apartment Ooh. like we currently have. Nice. Even if we wind up in an HOA, a stealth HF antenna will be a lot better than the home HF antenna I have now, i.e. none. I'm excited about the prospect of actually operating HF from my home QTH. Good for you. And yes, always, always explore the options in stealth wire antennas. Even in an HOA. So yeah, sorry for rambling about my own life. I'm just excited about how things are developing this year. I hope things are well with the NAS family. Your podcast, as well as Josh's YouTube content, continue to entertain and inspire me to keep progressing with the hobby. Thank you for all you do in the community. 73, dur. <laughs> Says dur. Dur Preston. Yeah. Preston, KM3DLY. P.S. I can't believe an emailer came to you for ham radio dating advice last week and you didn't tell him to get into EME. That's how you get the right. lady. Oh, big oh, fail man. on our part. Yeah, we screwed up. That right. is, that's like the biggest way. Mm-hmm. I heard an interesting argument, too, that you can use EME mm. to debate a flat earther. Ooh. Yeah. I found that really interesting. I was scrolling through TikTok today and I saw somebody, you know, one of those live streams where like the earth is flat, prove me wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, hmm, should hop on there and give them the old EME talk. Then you'd have to actually teach somebody who already doesn't fundamentally understand science. <laughs> a lot of More science. science. Yeah. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever uh, proved a point with somebody that doesn't understand science by giving them more, more science? science. <laughs> Super effective. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, and actually, now that I think about it, the guy that was debating that EME is the, you know, the the evidence for um, the Earth being a obloid spheroid, an oblete spheroid. Um, the person he was arguing with was strongly anti-science and his arguments were trash. It was, <laughs> it was very funny. It was not. It was it, it was funny to the point that it became like just aggravating. And then I had to stop watching the video. You know what I recently learned mm-hmm. is that our high tide and low oblate, tide oblate spheroid is right. is actually not because... it's my favorite it's my favorite what when I, I told you this i told you this that high tide and low tide is not actually the water line the rising. water is not moving yes we are moving through the water yes. i might have even said that on this podcast i don't i don't know that between the sun and the moon i'm pretty sure it was neil degrasse tyson so the video you might have watched, but I have yeah. literally told you this. Mm. It didn't stick. Great. <laughs> so, <laughs> testing today yeah, is going to be sent that super to me. fun. I think you sent that to and me. I was to... like, Josh, did you know this? <laughs> you sent that to me and I was like, I, I told you this. Uh, and then you're like, what? No. 
I would have remembered. <laughs> it was a while ago. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Preston. And congratulations again, Tristan. The next email is titled HRCC Community is Awesome. And this is from Tyler. <laughs> she did an arm swing yeah. while she said Everything that. is awesome. Hello, Leah and Josh. I just wanted to give a shout out to the HRCC community, in particular, KY4RJP and MOJEO. I'll try and make this short. I passed my technician and general the same evening in October 2021. That counts, right? Yeah. Double it up. Very good. Congratulations. Congratulations. I say that only to put context on the lack of experience I have with the hobby. Since getting my license, I've been enjoying my Yesu UHF VHF radios and ZoomSpot hotspots. Mm -hmm. I purchased an ICOM 7300 and a couple of antennas, one of which I connected last night. I got an NFED random wire attic antenna and a much larger dipole, which I'll put up when it warms up. I'm in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Now, to why the community is awesome. I posted a help me with FT8 and an ICOM 7300 message on the Discord mm -hmm. and made a call out to the HRCC link. I was getting messages back on Discord and two of the operators I mentioned were quick to answer my call for help on the HRCC link. Excellent. After some time on the link, M0JEO suggested we talk on Discord voice. He and I talked for nearly an hour. During that time, he walked me through settings to check on the radio and in the software. Additionally, he gave me suggestions on some things to do to help with interference and a counterpoise for the attic antenna. Nice. I'm happy to say after the great help I received, I have made many FT8 contacts on 20 meters and 10 meters the same day. In fact, as I typed this message, I made contacts to Venezuela and and Brazil on 10 meters with the attic antenna. That's awesome. That's awesome. Great job. Last, I would highly encourage more people to use the HRC ceiling on a regular basis. Don't be afraid to key up the mic. I'm very glad I did. That is literally hrcc.link. That is the URL. Yeah. And it is the website that describes our DSTAR, DMR, and Yesu System Fusion digital voice network it's fantastic mm -hmm. tyler signs off tyler k0 otc thank you tyler thank you so much tyler and a great recommendation get on the radio to talk to the community mm. amazing right <laughs> the next email is titled ham fest score and this comes from ryan Hello, ham radio friends. I wanted to write a quick email to let you know about an awesome score at a recent ham fest. A couple of weeks ago, I joined K Murder. K8 Murder. That's what it literally says. K8 Murder. <laughs> and Ham Radio 2.0 at the Orange, Texas Ham Fest in Orange, Texas. I imagine. <laughs> I was able to meet Sideboom as well. Oh, wow. Cool. Big question, though. Did he get down? I mean, at a, at a ham fest, there's probably yeah. some secret radios there, so probably. He does indeed get down. <laughs> In case you didn't know, Orange sits just on the Texas side of the Texas-Louisiana border. The town next to it on the Louisiana side is called Apple. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's it's like comparing two different things, you know? 
Well done. Actually. Well done. I made that part up. But wouldn't it be great if it did? You got me. Anyways, as most of those who attended a ham fest know, people sell just about everything there. Used cell phones, ham radios, old military equipment, homemade jelly, and just plain garbage. Mm -hmm. Homemade jelly sounds good, though. <laughs> While going through a box someone had on a table, I scoped out what looked like uh, looked to be an old bencher BY2 covered in muck. I picked it up and gave it a quick once over using my thumb to see if whatever residue came off, it looked to be dirty and maybe tarnished, but I don't even want to begin guessing. It appeared to lighten up after a few rubs with my thumb. I and then a genie came out. <laughs> and I was like, what band do you always wish to be able to propagate? No, it, it, just, start, it just starts speaking dits and daws at you. <laughs> it's a key. Venture's oh. a key. Oh, mm -hmm. but the genie. Yeah. The genie also speaks. It's more just Morse code. Wow. I, I would never get my wish. Nope. <laughs> I asked the guy how much he wanted for it, and he said $25. Ooh. I gave him the money without questioning it. It came with some old keying practice units, which I promptly threw away when I got home. <laughs> I took oh. it apart. Polished it with stainless steel polish and got it looking like new. I didn't take a before pick, but I attached an after pick to show the results. Other than some minor surface scratches, it came out looking brand new. Out of curiosity, I looked up how they were, how much they were going for now, mm -hmm. and to my surprise, they refill retail for two hundred and nineteen dollars mm -hmm. on the vibroplex website yep i ordered a dust cover and a new wiring kit for about sixty dollars it it's works great and now it has a place next to its little brother my by1 in my nerd cave it goes to show that you never know what you might find at those places and always keep an eye out thanks again for all you guys do ryan kf8 iv and uh, wow Oh my gosh, that came out beautifully. We'll post the picture in the uh I am Discord. impressed. That looks like a new key. Yeah, that, that looks like brand new. I man. need to know what kind of cleaner you're using because you said that was like dirty and tarnished. What's the And that yeah. is mint right there. That's amazing. Well done, Ryan, and congratulations on your score. Very good. Nicely done. The next email is titled My Winter Field Activations, and this is from Mike, Ham Solo. Dear Leia and Josh, on the way to another POTA activation near Vail, Colorado, I was listening to episode 133 and it was mentioned that maybe my winter activations aren't the same as maybe what Nathan K1MAZ faces in southern Vermont. <laughs> so I'm including a couple of YouTube video links of some of my recent winter field activations and as an example of what I'm dealing with. A couple of them are both POTAs and soda activations near Cleveland, Ohio this January. Uh, so it looks like Ham Solo went to Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Uh, there's another Ohio Summits on the Air. Um, and then a Sylvan Lake State Park trip and Mount Hermon. And I'll go ahead and put those links in the show notes. Mike signs off. So hopefully this details what I'm facing when activating at 6,000 to 10,000 feet in Colorado and elsewhere. Mm. Mike K0FYR Ham Solo. Very nice. Very cool. I'm excited at the amount of content you're making related to 
soda and poda. This is excellent. Thank you so much for sharing that. And he even details, uh, you know, the gear he's using. He took a to Cuyahoga. He took a Pactano random wire okay. and activated 40 meters. Nice. And then... What radio, though? Oh, I don't know. It's not in the picture. Ugh. And then over at Mount Hermon, he got a GMRS simplex contact. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's, that's in the thumbnail. That's so. kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hamsel. I love it. Thank you, Hamsel. The next email is titled, First Email and an Antenna Question. And this is from Jeff. Well, welcome, Jeff. Welcome, Jeff. To the email correspondence tower. You're in there. <laughs> Greetings, Leia of the Land, and your fourth harmonic spurious emission partner, Fangman. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you. Nicely done. I am finishing up my second binge listen to catch up with the podcast. Hashtag 1X crew. Oh, right on. I was caught up in October before my wife and I had twins, so I got behind again due to more pressing needs. Yes, Josh, I know ham radio above all else. Well, congratulations on the twins. Congrats. Yeah, that's, I mean. Your hands are now doubly full. Yeah. When you have twins, which hand do you spin the, the dial with? Mm. You got to use the twin's hand. You got to use one. You like your nose? <laughs> you reach in with your nose and. You're like, baby, grab, grab, turn left, left. It's like kids don't learn what left and right are until like they're four. <laughs> no, you're going the wrong way. Look at the waterfall, baby. <laughs> See, that's where you're trying to go, right here. You're being a you stupid, stupid baby. <laughs> that's not nice to say about babies. I know, that's why it was funny. They have all the wisdom of the world. No, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> Children are born with all the human knowledge, and then they just go to school, and that makes them like feel shame, and then that's why they forget about the human knowledge. And yeah. it's instilled by adults. They, that's why they yeah, lose it. Because adults really shame calculus, you know? <laughs> they like how to do their taxes at birth, but then because of the world... And adults, they lose that ability. Oh, man. <laughs> Jeff says, you guys actually brought me back to ham radio last year by accident. After a few years away, I started listening to a local police scanner on my phone at night, then moved to the RTL SDR dongle and stumbled across your video on it, which I didn't realize until later. Then back down the rabbit hole of ram ham radio, I went. Nice. Gotcha. Purchased a Baofeng, then a new mobile radio, had to replace the hand-me-down monobander I was given. This past week, oh, this past weekend, my lovely wife allowed me to pull the trigger on my first HF rig, the Shegu G90. Okay. Which will be delivered hopefully by this weekend. Nice. That's great. That'll be fun. Oh, you are a lucky, lucky man. Mm -hmm. Your wife is truly lovely. The next goal is to study and get my general, so I'll actually be able to transmit instead of just receive. Now, on to a question. Josh, what are your thoughts of window coax pass-throughs? We are currently renting our house, so I don't think the landlord will approve of drilling holes for my antennas. Mm -hmm. They're fine. Uh, they have a power limit of 100 watts, generally. Um, I'm ho Okay. Actually, now that I think about that, let's, um, let's, bet, let's, let's unpack this a little bit. 
A pass-through, in your case, I was thinking of something else. A pass-through is sometimes, it's it's like literally a, it looks like a board that's made of metal that has all these coax connectors on both sides, and then you literally connect the two coax together, and it passes through a window. The other one that I was thinking about is like, it's very fat, flat, thin mm-hmm. coax that's only, you know, maybe six, seven inches long, and you close the window on it, and on each side is coax connectors, and that allows you to go through the window basically cool so that it, it depends on what he means they both work well i like the little um seven inch jobber because you can still like lock your windows because mm. when you use the pass through you kind of have to like take a board that's cut to the right length and jam them on the side so that nobody can open the window on you mm-hmm. and then you kind of can't open the window so you, you know it, it really depends on what you want to do the, the advantage of the pass through though is that you get a nice little spot that you can attach like a ground drop and you could put like a, a ground rod right right outside where that, that window uh, connection is and you attach your ground wire to that. Okay. Now that the ham question is out of the way, hold on to all the butts. There is a lot of comments during <laughs> coming from the hours upon hours of content I've listened to catch up. I'm kidding. We don't need another five and a half hour podcast. <laughs> Trust me, I listened to that one twice on accident. <laughs> oh, no. yeah, there's a, a lot, lot of accidents. Lot, I accidentally got into ham radio again. <laughs> Whoops, a Daisy. I tripped. I just want to thank you guys for all you do for the hobby and for getting me back into radio and going farther than I ever have. Well, thank you for joining us again. We appreciate you being out there. And Get on the you, air. And make some you contacts. like fell down the rabbit hole and then gave it the beans Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was a rapid progression yeah (laughs) 73s jeff kd8 mfw ps not allergic to bees good pps i'm currently listening to the february 18th podcast my condolences to your family about charlotte i'm sure i speak for a lot of listeners when i say i enjoyed hearing her tapping around on the podcast Thank yeah, you. we miss her very much. Actually, the boys, uh, despite having Chloe, will still stop for a second and say how much they miss Charlotte. I think mostly in the moments where Chloe has decided that outdoors is not her bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to live through all that training. Yeah, exactly. But I will say that Chloe has made them much more responsible I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because suddenly they realize that the dog doesn't know better. This is not a dog that was taught limits already. Right. This is <laughs> like... all gas, no brakes dog. Yeah. Okay. The next email is uh, titled A Bet. And this is from Chris. Hello, you two. I've been listening to the podcast for a while now. And every once in a while, you bring up checking into Annette. I've called every Annette in my county and sometimes I get very rude responses. <laughs> Am I doing something wrong? Uh, Annette, you know, a net. Yeah, Annette. Annette. <laughs> no, uh, boy, I've never actually, so this is kind of a funny thing. I've never actually like sat down and like Googled, hey, what are ham radio nets? What's the listing for ham radio nets? I always just find them because I'm always scanning around. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have to show you how the Annette is spelled so you understand the joke. It's like Annette, <laughs> like 
a woman Annette? <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Okay. <laughs> but I'm, I'm thinking to myself, like, I, I've never Googled, like, net listings. I've always just stumbled upon them when I'm on the air, either HF or VHF, UHF. So that's what I did. All right. That's how I found Annette. Da, do, do, de, da, da, da. Nice. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that was from Chris. And that's Chris W9TSB. P.S. Just thought this was funny. That's It's true. Really got uh, Josh thinking about Annette's. That's funny, Andrew. Um, the next email is titled, There's a First Time for Everything. And this is from Austin. Hey, Josh and Leia. Hope you are all doing well. I accomplished some firsts this week that I am super excited to share. Okay. First things first. Josh, thank you so much for introducing the community to the Long Island CW and sharing your learning process. Not a problem. I have always seen you as someone in the hobby who has more knowledge and experience than I do. It's refreshing to see an operator like yourself share your learning experience because it allows us to see that even YouTubers are noobs sometimes as well. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be really frank and say Josh is definitely one of these people who doesn't present himself as the end all be all expert of like all things mm -hmm. right that's why he has so many guests on the show there are so many like avenues that ham radio goes down right that like you can't be the best at no. every area of ham radio i mean i, I can be semi-competent in a lot right. of spaces mm -hmm. and and sometimes my semi-competence doesn't necessarily develop an hour's worth of me just talking into a microphone mm -hmm. for the live stream so that's oftentimes when having the experts on is the best thing right unless it literally is just me talking about my my you know struggles in learning morse code like that kind of stuff right, that, right. that's probably going to be um a video a live stream in the future where we just kind of talk about it and go over some practice stuff and all that you know a little bit more low-key but you know there's there's so many topics right now that that i've got that i'm sitting on that I need to have people out to like talk about. Like this Saturday will be um, soldering with Mike, KMRD. Now, I will say I am actually pretty proficient in soldering. I'm, I'm pretty good at soldering. You even got a solder pot. I did. That, that was more for the, for the lulls <laughs> than anything. Uh, but, th but Mike and I both are pretty passionate about soldering. So yeah, nothing, nothing just excites you more than soldering wires together or mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. i don't know everything you've ever soldered for me failed but uh what did i soldered for you my, that tea my kettle water can, my watering can <laughs> because that was more brazing than it was soldering well i mean when i braise things they come out properly braised it's what You're talking about saying. food yeah <laughs> okay well <laughs> Cheap garbage Austin. watering pot. <laughs> Austin continues, as mentioned in previous emails, I have been learning CW off and on since I got my license nine years ago. Well, two weeks ago, I took and passed the five word per minute endorsement that we have up here in Canada. Oh, that's, that's definitely worth it. Yeah. Good thing you said Canada. Congratulations. Like, that's not a thing down here. <laughs> You're trying to sneak by with something. I'm just kidding. You can still get like, you can still actually not certify yourself, but show competence in mm -hmm. Morse code through the ARRL. Like they actually do that. So, okay. 
It is not a requirement to operate CW in Canada, but for some reason, it is an endoscopy if you can still obtain. <laughs> it what? does say endoscopy. <laughs> I don't know what word that was supposed to be, but it says endoscopy. <laughs> I saw the test as a good stepping stone between learning and getting on the <laughs> I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Those microscopic surgeons are very good calligraphers. Two weeks later, I am writing this email to you both, sitting in Park VE4327, absolutely shaking with excitement because I just had my first CW activation. Whoa! Congratulations! Good for you. And he said five words a minute, though? He ran the old activation on five words a minute? That's pretty wild. Good for you. I went from no CW contacts ever to 10 contacts and a park activation in one day. That's pretty. Imp- you got, you're a steely-eyed telegrapher, man. I, <laughs> although th- that that kind of, I feel like that's how it's going to go for me. Like I'm going to go out for POTA and I'm going to activate it with my 10 contacts mm-hmm. and, then be, and I'm done. <laughs> There's going to be people still kicking. I'm like, it. nope. I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I did it. And I'm gone. It was the most exciting and scary thing I, I have bet. done since I flew an airplane for the first time. What? That is also very cool. <laughs> now for the second first. Mm. I'm 22 years old and have been driving an old beater truck since I got my driver's license. Stop beating it. With gas. <laughs> With gas so expensive and how long I have to commute, my truck is no longer economical to drive. So I went to the Chevy dealership and ordered my first ever brand new car. It's a 2002 Chevy Spark hatchback. Compared to a truck, it is absolutely dinky. But now I'm laying (laughs) awake at night thinking of all the radios I'm going to cram into this poor, unsuspecting little car. When you put it like that, it sounds a little (laughs) dirty. That car is not going to know what hit it. (laughs) Congratulations on getting the new car, though. And uh, electric to boot. That's fantastic. I saw Spark. I heard the name Spark, and I thought it was potentially electric. But no, it's a a little gas uh, subcompact. I thought it was electric. With a name like Spark, right? Yeah, but still yeah. much better on uh, fuel economy. Yeah, it does 30 truck. city and 38 highway. Wow. Because it has uh, 98 herspers. Herspers. <laughs> For all you guys that listen or watch Donut. There's a channel called Donut. It's a car channel. And they, they call it herspers. <laughs> <laughs> That's also what I call it. As a car aficionado. As a, yeah, as, as we all know Leia to be. <laughs> right now, my plan is to mount my IC7100 in the car for some good VHF, UHF action and mobile HF as well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the ICOM HF mobile whip is close to 25% of the cost of my new car. <laughs> and it's not really a good option. How expensive is that thing? Not that expensive. So, but the spark is also not a very expensive car so it's he's yeah he's getting close so i'm going to mount a hamstick and a vhf whip on the hatch this way i can drive to a park and call cq without ever having to get out of the car yeah that's like a drive-through activation <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> just, just watch out for other park denizens 
Yeah, don't stick your leg out the window. Yeah, don't. I don't know. Yeah. Don't do the the pro poda move. <laughs> the poda maneuver where you stick your leg out of the car. It's how they know I'm activating. <laughs> I mean, unless you want a nice leg rub. Sometimes, oh my! I sometimes you really those those gams, you know, they just <laughs> they, they're so tired and tense. <laughs> just stick it out the window. Oh god! <laughs> Man, what an exciting week! <laughs> that is that is, and and I appreciate the. I I really am impressed by the just. Never made a CW contact. I'm gonna just gonna go activate a park. I'm gonna become the DX. Like, so there's a there's a thing. Like, I can walk so into so brave. Yeah, stunning and brave. Yeah. I can walk into the garage, turn my radio on. I can see Morse code. I can see a contact going on. And if I wanted to, I could sit down and like you know try and sit down and make a contact. Or I could even chase a Poda. Right. That would be me making one contact, chasing that Poda station. When you sit down to be an activator, you're like, nope, I'm going to just do all 10 of them right now. Let's go. And they could come in rapid succession all <laughs> on top of each other. Like, you don't know what's going Oh, my God. I'm getting nervous just thinking about it. Good for you, man. Like I said, thanks for sharing your knowledge and uh, with the community, Josh and Leah. I probably would have never gotten back into radio if it weren't for you and your supportive community. Wow, that's super cool. So you went from not like you were out of radio, came back to radio, and now you're doing CW activations. That's amazing. Talk about growing in the hobby. Seriously. Uh, There's some uh, Morse code here that translates to 73 from VE7QH. Yeah, um, CW73 is pretty um, fun because it's da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Excellent. That's like race car. P.S., I don't know who Hawkeye is, and at this point, I'm too afraid to ask. He's uh, one of the surgeons from MASH. (laughs) Imagine being the most. Imagine you're in the Korean War. (laughs) You're You're a wartime surgeon. Imagine you are a normal human with maybe above average skills. In at archery. one thing. <laughs> well, also like martial arts. Sure. Okay, sure. I mean, things that even a college age girl could probably accomplish with the right amount of focus. Yeah, you know how like and... you lie on your resumes <laughs> and sometimes you get the job? That's Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're fighting super powered villains. <laughs> space villains. Like spa- interdimensional space villains alongside your friends who also have superpowers except for this one woman who who's your also, bestest friend yeah because you're both unpowered <laughs> and use weapons that run out of ammo it's like you're both the plus one attending like a nobel <laughs> conference and how did you get there i don't know <laughs> <laughs> this guy but it's okay because one oh, one dude in the group is like really rich and you're like a remora fish <laughs> and he's a shark that's, well i'm i'm just thinking like Hawkeye. you have like the super soldier who's the peak human form and he, even he is like strength wise not the strongest right you literally have a demigod yes and then there's the hulk who has no theoretical limit to his power yes and also a science based mind and yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's it's just like I uh I gotta, 
I got arrows. <laughs> I got 13 arrows. I make shoot stuff. <laughs> yeah. am, am I the Watson? Yeah. <laughs> am, why am I here? <laughs> why am I risking my life? It's a miracle that I'm alive. <laughs> this, the fact I that you're the alive thing. is a miracle. <laughs> I watched the green thing fall from space <laughs> and live. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I'm fighting the same things he is <laughs> with 13 arrows. And I don't know what I'm going to do when I run out. Because <laughs> I'm going to have to run to the old uh, uh, hardware store to build some more arrows. And my greatest strength is actually the love for my family that I keep abandoning to go out to risk my life. <laughs> <laughs> when I am wholly unclassed. <laughs> I'm totally outclassed for this. <laughs> I, I don't get it. The, Hawk, the Hawkeye, the, the one thing about the show that kind of bothered me was the involvement of his wife. Like, she had never come across as being S.H.I.E.L.D. or an intelligence yeah, apparently agent or now anything she's like real that. deep in it. Yeah, it's like, did you get the watch? Like, what? That actually does pull from Marvel comics. I'm sure it does. It does. I'm is. sure it does. But again, if we follow strict canonical, what you're showing me is what I'm supposed straight to believe. Straight MCU. It's never been. Yeah. You've never walked down this road before. Right. Anyway. Yeah. She's she's just being very supportive from home. <laughs> <laughs> he loves his family so much. He did a stint of killing a bunch of Japanese Yakuza members right. in Japan. While, mean, this was after while his blip. while his children were very young. Well, they were no, they were blipped. Everybody was blipped out. Remember? Oh, that's right. They went on a murder spree. The great blippening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. So that's who Hawkeye is, Austin. And now you're you, all caught up. <laughs> now you never. He's a Korean War wartime <laughs> surgeon <laughs> with stunning skills at archery <laughs> and pithy replies uh, during his operations. And his best friend, Scarlett Johansson. So, hey. <laughs> ScarJo. Oh, and he looks kind of like a baby. Yeah, he looks like a grown-up baby. <laughs> oh, and he's a musician. And he's an app. It's an app. <laughs> it's, it's just like Instagram. We're really, we're really confusing it's, the actor with the character now. And a person that's not even Cherry Redder. <laughs> but he has an app. That is literally like a developer cloned Instagram. <laughs> but it's just him. <laughs> it's just pictures of him. And he's the only one that can post pictures of himself. And you so get. It's like he decided that he didn't want to mix with the riffraff of right, Instagram. Right. And, and that people didn't care about the other riffraff. They were only on they Instagram. They were only in it for the grown up baby man. Yeah. <laughs> but the best part. And, and and in and of itself, that would just be sad. But what takes it to the, the, the level of insanity that really I am here for is that there is a app-based currency that you exchange real money for. <laughs> no. And you use that money. Hotcoin? <laughs> yeah, hotcoin. Renner token. You use that currency... To like the pictures that get posted. <gasps> no, you can't even just straight up <laughs> no, like no, the pictures. No, no, you have to spend real money. This is a man who doesn't understand 
social media. Yeah, yeah. Like this is like people are like they want people to like their I, I, like their content. There's there's literally like it's somebody like, I'm gonna charge you. Somebody literally like- saw this happen and go, Well, I'm I'm creating NFTs now. The original NFT <laughs> pictures of Jeremy Renner. <laughs> was- I'm that's what I'm gonna make uh, NFTs out of. I'm gonna <laughs> So the Jeremy Renner app was the muse to NFTs. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, trying to get. I'm trying to figure out how I can say uncut jams. (laughs) So I'm trying to get to. Would you? (laughs) Would you say that uh, I was just Jeremy is an uncut jam? (laughs) Would you say that Jeremy Renner is uh, Kanye's muse? (laughs) It's not Kanye. it's Josh Safdie. What's a what's a muse? <laughs> that's, that's, that's like he just he just wanted to like dress me. <laughs> For anybody who doesn't know, <laughs> look up Uncut Gems meme and enjoy, enjoy. Ah, the confidence. All right, Austin. Thank you so much <laughs> for your email and derailing post. Oh man, that was a lot. The next email is titled Podcast Comments and Antenna Review. And this is from John. Josh and Leia, content has been top notch, especially when it pertains to biological usage of wide mouth Gatorade bottles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man, there's a reason why those things exist. <laughs> Perfect shirt idea. The logo is a Gatorade bottle outline. In the center is an HT. So you're you're peeing on your radio? (laughs) No, because like you use that when you're on a long drive Mm. and then you just throw it out of the car because it's just full of waste. (laughs) That's for the rock bottom line. Yeah. On to the antenna review. I bought a Chameleon MCOM 2 and a mm-hmm. 25-foot telescopic pole from Home Depot. I attached the matching unit to the pole, maxed out the height of the pole. Mm-hmm. From there, the wire runs to a tree about 50 feet away that's about 30 feet in height. The remaining 10 uh, feet is then fed to a tree number two that's about 20-ish feet in height. It's so nice to have all that wire in the air. I also attached a 50-foot counterpoise. Nice. The radio I have is a secondhand ICOM 765, so I mainly use SSB. I live near Chicago for reference. I was slightly disappointed I couldn't hear the West Coast on 20 meters. However, during band openings, I can hear everything on the West Coast on 12 and 15. Interesting. Overall, 8 out of 10 would recommend. Sorry, I don't have any pictures attached due to a lot of wind lately and took it down to be safe. Okay. John. Nice, John. Thank you, John, for the antenna review. That's fantastic. Good uh, band conditions are really popping up everywhere, huh? Yeah. I mean, right now, man, 10 was 10 has been awesome. Get on some 10. Okay. <laughs> How long will 10 be awesome? Through the solar cycle, the, the maximum. So past 2025. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good ham radio times. Okay. Well, uh, the next email is actually um, I sent myself. I can do that. Okay. <laughs> it's, uh, 
<laughs> Somebody on Discord sent me a message uh, that was about California's rural communities relying on two-way radios during disasters. Mm-hmm. And this was on NPR One. I didn't know there was more than a NPR yeah, One. I, I didn't realize they were doing the BBC method. Or the ESPN. <laughs> yeah. What's what's NPR the Ocho like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also marble races it's just it's just it's just train talk they're so they're just doing the npr voice today we're talking about what was the um what was that train name at that one guy i don't know what train <laughs> something <What>? dick my butt <laughs> <laughs> do you remember what? no okay hold on i have to find it okay so this is actually um like a sound clip that's three minutes long. I'm not going to play the whole thing because, you know, copyright issues and whatnot. So I'm going to skip ahead to a part where they're talking about what I want to hear them talk about. If they would let me skip ahead. I'm not hearing it. are increasingly embracing an old school technology. Two-way radios. Cap Radio Scott Rod reports from El Dorado County. The Caldor fire exploded on a hot August night last year, and Eileen Strangfeld's emergency radio fired up. Extreme fire behavior is observed. We had no idea just how fast it was spreading or how big it was when it started. So we all just sat up and monitored what was going on in the radio. 69-year-old Strangfeld isn't a firefighter or in law enforcement, but she is a member of the El Dorado County Neighborhood Radio Watch Group. As climate change worsens and natural disasters increasingly threaten. Okay, well, I'm going to drop this link in the show notes Mm -hmm. so that everybody can listen to it on their own time. There you go. (laughs) But I thought that a neighborhood radio group is a super great idea. Yeah, absolutely. So the train's name Mm -hmm. is Dick. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then the second word is M-A-B-B-U-T-T. Dick my butt. (laughs) There's oh this God. there's this guy on uh TikTok. His his name's Francis Francis Borges and mm-hmm. he's like very wholesome. Like just gets super excited about trains. Okay. And he's the Huelhauser of trains. Literally. Yes. Okay. A lot of like British Huelhauser vibes. I love it. And this whole TikTok is like he got up super early in the morning to see like his favorite train and he's literally coming in like he's he he's stalking this train. Like he's stalking it to the train house, like where it the lives. train house. Well, they call it the long. What do they call that? They've got a name for it, the roundhouse. I think. Yeah, the roundhouse. <laughs> the train. House. The train house. Uh, he stalks it to the roundhouse, and he, he goes, goes home. It's my, favorite, it's my favorite train. Kicks and then he cuts off. over. He literally cuts over. He goes, "Dick my butt." And like, <laughs> what? And everybody was just like, "Huh." Naming conventions, they matter. <laughs> Trainee McTrain face would have been a better <laughs> name for it. The dick my butt. I will say, if you ever need a dopamine hit, watching Hewlhauser is actually really nice. Because to put it into context, if you've never seen Hewlhauser, who did, he's now passed, but California's oh, we're gonna go on a, We're going to go on a diet trip right now. 
Do you know, understand how hard it is to be a man of Huell Hauser's age and still have the wonder and excitement and enthusiasm of a child? But but look like you could murder someone with your bare <laughs> hands. Like he that was man, such a big he's man. a big man. He was in the military. He, he but he remained just like a big strong man, like yes. his whole life. <laughs> if you if you want a, a a special treat, pull up the YouTube videos on. When he went to the Baghdad Cafe. <laughs> Is that the one where he just showed up? He just showed up. Didn't tell anyone. In the middle of nowhere. And, oh, man, it is good. Um, Ad, oh, Adam Carolla would do a running segment on talking about the sheer insanity of many of these episodes. <laughs> and that is one of the best ones. Like, he had a... he. Oh, man. He walked in there... And just started asking a bunch of crazy questions. <laughs> Went behind the, the the counter. And the guy working there is like, I don't know what's happening, man. <laughs> Let me call the manager. And he calls the owner. And the owner's on the phone. And, and, and Huel's like grabbing the guy by the arm and pulling him around the store, like the, the restaurant, to show him stuff. And he stops at a picture of Lon Chaney and goes... So as you got a picture of Lon Chaney here. That's pretty cool. What's, you know, there's got to be an interesting story behind that. And then you hear the, the owner of the phone... No, I I just like Lon Chaney. <laughs> like, this is just gold. Like, gold. Just film it, put it on the air. Like, just... Poof. The original YouTuber. Man, <laughs> this guy. Like, wow. So, so I, I think as I get older, I have a much larger appreciation for Hewlhauser. Right? Yeah. Because actually, up until I think I... I I had my second child. Mm -hmm. I could tap into that like childlike, like, oh my God, this is amazing. I could just like <laughs> let myself be in the moment. Right. Your innocence is lost, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just like, yeah, it's a thing. That's <laughs> checks out. <laughs> like, <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> All right. Let's go on to the next thing. <laughs> Everyone knows this. <laughs> Whereas Huel was literally never somebody who pretended like he just knew already. No, no, like never. Explain it to me. I will be literally like I'm twelve. Like, uh, and with it. I will be amazed at whatever you say. And it could be anything. <laughs> yes, <laughs> just childlike wonder in that man was amazing. The next email is about the Perry Sound Amateur Radio Club 2022 Hamfest. The email is actually uh, an invitation for us to get a booth at nice. the Hamfest. But where uh, is it? I'm sure it's somewhere local. <laughs> it's in Ontario, Canada. Oh my goodness! And uh, so they say. Um, we started our Hamfest in 2016, and each year it has grown bit by bit. That's awesome. In 2019, we had upwards of 100 visitors at our Hamfest across Ontario. We are a nonprofit club looking to bring back am the amateur radio hobby in our little community. With this event, we get the word out that this hobby can be a fun one with many things to do in the hobby. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, drop the link in the show notes. But if anyone is in the Ontario, Canada area, the event is being held on Saturday, August 13th, 2022. Mm, okay. And Got plenty of time to secure yeah. travel. 
It's uh, put on by the Perry Sound Amateur Radio Club. So thank you, Pat, so much for your email. And I hope uh, you get the sponsors and attendees that you were looking for to get fired up about ham radio. I love it. Thanks for sharing. Email is titled CW Tips. Hi, Josh and Leia. Thanks to Josh and his CW efforts this year, I have decided to give Morse code an honest try. Oh, excellent. As a music teacher by trade, I can say with 100% certainty that the skills and discipline we exercise by playing an instrument directly translate to learning code. However, as someone who primarily deals with drums and percussion, the lack of a steady beat was maddening. <clears throat> That's interesting because you play drums. Yeah. So um, and saxophone. Woodwinds. Yes. All I right. Like me some wood. Well, the harmonica is a woodwind. Mm. So is the flute. Mm. <laughs> what do you mean? Mm. Yes. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> the the characters have tonal qualities right you can make an l an l is a dit a da and dit dit mm-hmm. but if you make it did da did it did da did it mm-hmm. there's something about it when it's formed that way it seems to stick in your brain better mm. i don't know why it does for me and so if i hear people that are tonally a little bit like their cadence is a bit different sometimes it's harder for me to pick up that's why sometimes people on that are on a bug mm-hmm is a special type semi-automatic key. Whoa. Um, is a bit odd uh, for me to hear. But anyway, you, you continue. As I was getting started, my brain kept wanting to decode characters at a steady pulse. And that's not quite how Morse code works. Yep. It was very frustrating. However, I'm glad to say that I made my first CW contact as a POTA hunter the other day. Josh was absolutely spot on with his recommendation of chasing POTA to learn the ropes of CW. Just the tips. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. There are some tips that others might consider in getting started. Try to copy at least a little bit every day. Just open the CW Ops Morse Trainer, set it to your skill level, and do a few sessions each day. You don't even need to learn anything new. Even reviewing what you already know will make you better. Don't practice when you're in a mad mood or stressed out. You'll only get frustrated. Chase Poda, as Josh suggested. It's like, quote unquote, easy mode for beginners like me. When you buy a set of paddles, it's worth the extra $20 to get the weighted base. I had to take my CWMorse.us paddles to the desk. Mm -hmm. I have made a deal with myself that I will only buy a nice key once I have 100 CW contacts in the log. One down, 99 to go. And you know I have my... You know I have my eye on those Bugatti keys. (laughs) Bugattis. Uh, Yeah, the the two things I'll mention too for those of you that have, you know, a radio, an established radio set up with an antenna is make sure you check out the ARRL Morse code bulletin. It goes out on 14.075. Sorry, 14.475. Um, check that out. It's actually a kind of a cool way to, to hear Morse code. And there's two speeds that it, that they go on. There's like a slower speed and a faster speed. You can look up the times on it. I don't remember what the times are off the top of my head in, uh, in GMT and, uh, the Morse code ninja podcast. If you go to his website, 
there are RSS feeds that you can copy into whatever you use for um, your podcast, and you can find out that way. It works out really well. Okay. Josh, do you have any suggestions on how I can keep my paddles anchored to the desk? This 3D printed paddle weighs practically nothing and dances all over the place. I'm using gaff tape to hold it down, but it still looks silly and takes up more space than I would like. There's um, there's probably like a 3D printed base that you can download that you can fill with coins. Pennies actually work out pretty well. Huh. So, I mean, you technically could even just make your own base out of a piece of wood. Go buy some cheap wood stock and do it that way. Um, drill out parts of it and glue pennies into it or fishing weights or something like that just to add extra weight. Yeah, just don't weight it down with water. Why? <laughs> don't use a water weight. Okay. I mean, I guess you can. Um, sometimes people use suction cups or they'll use, um, depending on the type of key, They'll use, you know, those like the, the rubbery mats that people put down that prevent mm -hmm. things from slipping like that works, too. Yeah, those are all good, um, good ways to go. Matt signs off. Thanks again for your entertainment and motivation. Matt K-O-4-E-B-E -E, sent via Winlink over HF. Mm. Very cool. That's a Love good that. sized. Uh, that's a good size email that way. <laughs> then... <laughs> okay. The next email is titled Antenna Wars Part 2, and this is from Volunteer Podcast co-producer Rob. Okay. Hey, Leia and Josh. A few months ago, Cameron and I overheard our NFED half-wave trashing the Wolf River Coils antenna. Well, they continue to go after each other. Here is a Wolf River Coils response using the same tune of Never Gonna Give You Up. Enjoy and 7-3 Rob K5DCQ. Your wire is too long. You know the rules, and so do I. <laughs> he will try to adjust you, and we'll mess it up like all the other time. So I just want to tell you what he's thinking, so that you will understand. He's going to snip your tail. It's going to hurt like hell. He tries <laughs> and always fails. He'll abuse you. Josh has to measure twice before you slice, but he ain't Josh, so you're screwed. He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna cut you up. He's gonna, he's gonna mess you up. I'm glad I'm not a wire. I don't mind being compromised. I have no need to worry. He just extends my whip way up high. So I just want to tell you what I'm thinking so that you will understand I'm going to resonate, I'm going <laughs> to radiate, I'm going to propagate. Without you, Josh has to measure twice before you slice, but he ain't Josh. So you're screwed. <laughs> that was amazing, Robin Cameron. <laughs> That's the continued debate. <laughs> Of the NFED halfway versus the Wolf River Coil. Nicely done, Cameron. I, I really... And Rob. I, I do really like how he, he said that it's going to hurt. Yeah. <laughs> like as though the, the wires have feelings. Yeah. We've, we've anthropomorphized our, our antennas now. It reminds me of that movie Free Guy where the NPCs achieve like consciousness. Mm -hmm. It's like... Your antennas, 
They have feelings. <laughs> they have lives that they go to. <laughs> they have. They better they, not. They fall in love. They better they not. Have kids. They, what? <laughs> really take it all away. <laughs> you know? This is yeah. No, you took it too far. Back it up. <laughs> Thank you so much, Robin Cameron. The next email is titled "Bravo," and oh. this is from the other volunteer podcast co-producer. Nathan. Oh, okay. To Cameron, bravo. I have both those antennas. I love my Wolf River coils. <laughs> 7-3, November Alpha Tango Echo. I love how you seem to be laughing throughout the whole song. Singing should be fun, so by that principle, you are doing it right. Hi, Josh and Leia. Ta-ta for now. Mm. That seems Good like it was coordinated. Now. A little bit. Real time. A little bit. <laughs> The next email is titled Antenna Questions, and this comes from Junior Volunteer Podcast co-producer, Jake. Okay. Hey, HRCC crew, I got an antenna question for you. Mm-hmm. Would a mag mount from Amazon work with my Baofeng? Yes. Josh, I know the last podcast you said that you don't uh, look at all the details when you get a question like this. So grab a pen and paper. Nope. Because we are getting... In the nitty gritty. No. (laughs) My house was built in the 70s with no RF shielding in the roof. The antenna will be precisely 21.37825 feet above sea level. Wait, how high? 21.3785 feet above sea level. 20 feet, I got it. In the, okay, just joking. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. But I would like to re-emphasize the quote-unquote take-home from the last podcast of just getting the darn antenna up there and experiment. Mm -hmm. After finishing the podcast, my neighbors found me 30-ish feet in a tree with a spool of wire leading back into the house. (laughs) I had tons of fun with my SDR that night until the cloud tsunami rolled in. Man, those cloud tsunamis, you really got to watch out. If I can make a recommendation, um, measure the wire for your antenna on the ground. I don't generally climb the tree with the spool of wire. <laughs> Just pro tips from me. It wor- I never thought about Measurements that. Measurements work fine right on the ground. <laughs> Just lay it out, man. Only 30 feet in the ground. That's the only place they work. <laughs> That's... No, what do you mean? Just, just no, no. You gotta get thirty feet up. Doesn't matter if it's only going to be ten feet long. No. Get thirty feet up. <laughs> no. Oh man, it's making me laugh. It was about two a.m. And... Oh my goodness, what is going on? <laughs> and I didn't really feel like giving my SDR the beans at the moment, so I disconnected the antenna and hoped for the best. Luckily, the next morning, I didn't wake up to any smoldering trees, so I call that a win. Because <laughs> of lightning? Because of the cloud tsunami. Oh, yeah. right. Could have really went a different way for you. Mm-hmm. In other news, I've started working as a volunteer EMT and firefighter for my city after almost a year of applications, doctors, background checks, and even a polygraph by the FBI. Yeah, they got to do that. I was finally able to pick up my recruit badge for the academy. Congratulations and way to serve your community. That's yeah, great. good job. 
When I went to pick it up, I was wearing my HT on my belt and the receptionist asked what that was. I explained it was ham radio and it was a hobby of mine to talk to people on it. She excitedly gets up out of her chair and tells me to stay there and runs to the back and brings out a confused looking man. She goes, Dave, he likes radios too. Dave, he's a whacker too. <laughs> Turns out I'm he kidding. was a ham I've spoken to many times before oh, on Two cool. Meter Simplex. That's awesome. That's a man. Talk about meeting in real life, right? IRL. We made the eyeball QSO and chatted until he got called out. This makes me wonder how many other hidden hams are out mm-hmm. there. It's how will you identify yourself as a ham if you don't have a ham radio on you? With ham tactical t-shirts. That's that's, that's how, the other way. That's yeah. that's actually the point mm-hmm. of the shirts. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. Go ahead and make my shirts obsolete and carry your radio. Get yourself a uh, 49 to 1 arc reactor shirt. <laughs> if you're a fan of both hating on uh, Hawkeye and <laughs> and fed halfway vendetta. If you believe in Iron Man supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, it's about time for me to sign off. Leia, best of luck getting three in a row. I forgot about that. Yep. Oh, no. Good job. Almost. (laughs) (laughs) We started the podcast too late. (laughs) We started very late. Keep doing what y'all do best. 73's your volunteer junior podcast co-producer correspondent VJPCPC. Jake, K-O-4-J-U-Z. Duh, Jake. Duh, Jake. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jake, for your email. And good job just uh, getting it up there. Just get it up there. Yeah. And congratulations on passing all that, um, all the stuff that you needed to do to volunteer. Yeah, right? (laughs) Congratulations on taking a polygraph to volunteer. (laughs) To serve others. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And now it's we time. We can't just let anybody serve others. It's the final email. Excellent. Love As it. always. Lo- I love the sound. <laughs> <laughs> this email is titled Human to Dog Chat, Coffee, and Kits. Wow. All right. Yeah. Human to Dog Chat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And this is from volunteer podcast co-producer Nathan again. He said ta-ta for now, and now he's back. Oh, I see what he did there. Hello, Chloe. <laughs> Chloe's asleep in another room, but I'll make sure to convey this message to her. Mm-hmm. She's mm-hmm. definitely going to understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is Nathan, who you don't know. I am a human in an area that would take you a very long time to run to, especially with your short legs. I wanted to introduce myself officially since I communicate with your humans on a very consistent basis. Like weirdly consistent? Did you know that I have sent at least one email every week since February 21st, 2021? Wow, wow. Nathan, that's a record. That's a year. With we, f- we've passed the year mark. Happy anniversary, Nathan. Happy anniversary. <laughs> With a featured email on the podcast every week, except for the week of Hamcation recently. That was out of my control since no emails were read that week. And just, nobody listened anyway, so it doesn't matter. Just, just As like, Leia loves to point out. <laughs> People listened. Whatever. Just at half the rate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... 
Just a couple of guys yakking about this weird old thing called ham radio, I think. Do you like ham or do you prefer puppy food? Now, let me talk to your human. She likes hot dogs. She does. It's She actually doesn't like the majority of dog treats. I think they're too low in fat these days because they're trying to do These healthy. days. Well, I mean, you used to be able Back to give in my day, pepperoni, and that was basically a hot dog for dogs. I don't know that we use those for training. Sure you did. You know what my, my uh, grandma used to do mm-hmm. was she would have like ground turkey or something in a little plastic bag mm-hmm. and she'd have just a piece of it like in her fingers uh-huh. and she wouldn't like let it go she'd just kind of hold on to it mm-hmm. and the dog would like lick it a little bit and yeah. they'd keep that's how she would incentivize them to to walk correctly when she would show them oh mm-hmm. maybe i could try that with chloe i just want her to walk correctly on the sidewalk <laughs> that's yeah she goes <laughs> She bounces back and forth between the easement and the yeah. other people's grass. She's all over the place. It's fun, though. It's fun. The number of people who have come up and be like, is that Charlotte? How can it be Charlotte? How can it be Charlotte? How can it be Charlotte? First of all, this is a sable. Yeah. And it's like a third of the size of Charlotte. <laughs> like... Yeah, Charlotte is the corgi version of the mythical phoenix. <laughs> Somebody asked me today how uh, Charlotte passed away, and then I had to explain it. They were like, oh, my God, my daughter is going to be so sad. I was like, yeah, I can imagine. (laughs) Yeah, imagine us. (laughs) Imagine our children. Yeah, exactly. Hence, the new dog that looks nothing like Charlotte. (laughs) But that's fine. Say hello to Chloe. Yeah. All right. Well, Nathan continues. Hi, Josh and Leah. First, I want to thank Josh for his encouragement that you don't stop being a ham by not being able to transmit often. I heard on Discord from a fellow Vermonter that you encouraged him as well in his cold weather of non-operating. Yeah. I call him a Vermonter only if you consider the Burlington, Vermont area, really Vermont and not just city folk with a Vermont address. This is one of my (laughs) hills to die on. I absolutely do not consider them Vermonters. What? Disgusting. Trash. That was just an inner Vermont dig. No, I get it. (laughs) We talk about inner Vermont colloquialisms all the time in Southern California. And Burlington. (laughs) Does not make when we pack. go to the Burlington Coat Factory here in Southern California, <laughs> like is, this, this is, is exactly where someone from Burlington, Vermont would go. <laughs> this so, is not at all Vermont. Disgusting. <laughs> Nothing terrible. smells like maple syrup. <laughs> where do the Beekmans have their farm? I think they're in Vermont. The Beekman boys, they're a gay couple. I, you know, that was... I run the fan site. <laughs> One is a doctor. Of and, course. And the other one was a marketing exec. And I think like one of them used to work for Martha Stewart. And then they um, they decided to buy a farm in Vermont, I think. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, like in some small town where there's like one main street and they completely revived the entire town. Now it's like a massive tourist attraction. And what put them on the map was uh, goat soap. And then they had a reality TV show. And I really loved it. And now it was like a more wholesome version of the Schitt's Creek Rose Apothecary. It was a real so was did, a thing. 
Oh, you know what? Did, it's, did you... it's literally not even in Vermont. That was a wow. totally unnecessary wow. segue. It, it's like an uptown New York or upstate New York. Not uptown. Uptown <laughs> New York. <laughs> the rural they uptown revived <laughs> the one street town of uptown New York. Revived the whole thing. First gaze in uptown New York. <laughs> upstate New York. Okay. So, like, Rochester area, are we talking? I don't know. <laughs> New York's actually pretty decent size, and there's yeah. some more rural areas. So, the Property Brothers, right? That's a thing, right? Yeah. Do you know there's a third brother? Yes. The Goth Brother? No. <laughs> I did find out that Andrew Yang, you know, the Asian guy who ran yeah. for president. Yes. <laughs> that he was a goth, and I found out because he put it on his TikTok. Yeah, I, yes, I think I, I've seen, yes, I've seen. Yeah. And the TikTok said, America could have had its first goth president. <laughs> it's like, why didn't you lead with that instead of universal income? <laughs> All right, so Nathan continues. I saw the Antique Wireless Association, Matt, code practice kit on josh's instagram recently and i thought i would check it out see the price and what it was 19 dollars flat rate that includes the kit instructions and shipping that is what i call a deal especially since the shipping to my location was just short of six dollars so that makes the kit cost only 13 dollars i enjoyed putting it together even more so because i don't know how to solder yet oh that's, it literally says pause to let Josh interrupt. <laughs> Whoa. Well, enjoy this Saturday's live stream with Mike KMRD because we'll be talking about getting started in soldering and then some of our our tips and tricks. Now it says thank you, Josh, for just letting us know that the live stream this Saturday mm -hmm. is on hot soldering tips with Mike K8MRD. <laughs> Much appreciated. That's a little weird. Wow, you are a good producer. <laughs> <laughs> so he's uh, he's actually not goth. He's emo from the Property Brothers. And here's the picture. <laughs> he looks like a uh, Pete Wentz. And then the quote is. I chimed in with, haven't you people ever heard of refurbished barnwood doors? <laughs> <laughs> That's the meme. long one day to have a place where barn wood doors make sense. <laughs> All right. I put together the kit relatively quickly and it works great. Now I just need to slowly learn Morse code. The only issue I can see is that the kit board includes a Morse code chart of what each letter is in Morse code. I may f find a small sticker to cover it with. I understand why they include it etched onto the board, as it can be a great STEM project for kids. I wonder how many sudden orders they had after Josh posted the kit image. Would be interesting to know how much of an influencer Josh can be at times. Well, wait till the video comes out. Because <laughs> I built it. I know personally I have looked into something I had no idea about until Josh shared it and I purchased it shortly afterwards. Let's just say I'm easily suggestible. You know what, Nathan? Me too. If you just like start a song lyric. You don't even have to sing it. You can yeah. just whistle. 
a part of it and she'll she'll finish it eventually eventually too it's not immediate it'll be a couple minutes later and then all of a sudden she's singing the song and i'm like you are so suggestible it's true i saw that meme though and i just died thanks josh and leia for the coffee ordered it came today. My mom agrees that it smells great. We will see how it tastes tomorrow morning. Yet so I'm we sure agree. it will smells be great. great. Tastes <laughs> like garbage. <laughs> it's a good cup of coffee. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's it, it's not super complex or anything like that. It's just good. It's just generally if you if you do it on a drip or you do it on a French press or you do something more exotic like I do, it's just good. It's, it's good all coffee. good. Seventy three K one M A Z Nathan. And on to the quotes. To me, the smell of fresh made coffee is one of the greatest inventions, Hugh Jackman. Hmm. I judge a restaurant by the bread and by the coffee. Burt Lancaster. That's that's interesting. Once Didn't I talk about Burt Lancaster earlier in the podcast? I don't know, did you? Was that the picture? No. That was somebody. Lon Chaney. Never yeah. mind. Once you wake up and smell the coffee, I think it was actually Bert. I think the actual picture though is of Bert Lancaster. Oh, why did you mess it up, man? That's weird. See, Nathan actually corrected you as a good producer. This is weird. Yeah. (laughs) There's. Once you wake up and smell the coffee, it's hard to go back to sleep. Fran Drescher. I should have said that in a much more annoying voice. (laughs) (laughs) Life happens. Coffee helps. Anonymous. Life is too short to drink bad coffee. Anonymous. That's the same guy who came up with life is too short to do QRP. <laughs> I like coffee because it gives me the illusion that I might be awake. Lewis Black. Lewis Black is actually one of my favorite comedians. I but... don't know how he's still alive. Wow. I just don't know how he hasn't had an aneurysm on stage from how <laughs> angry he gets. <laughs> that is still one of my favorite humor that is still one of my favorite jokes is the time he explains the overhearing of two people talking in a cafe and the line that he overheard while he's eating his breakfast or whatever is if it wasn't for my horse i wouldn't have spent that last year in college (laughs) (laughs) and so he's going through the all this mental things that he's working through in his brain and by the time he got to a point where he couldn't figure it out he turned around to ask what are you talking about Uh and they were gone oh no he'll never know now never know yeah the last quote is rough rough chloe fox she did a lot of that today because the family that she hates came over (laughs) yeah she's she doesn't like loud noises (laughs) she's got parabolic dishes for ears so (laughs) all right and that's it thank you so much nathan for your email Deeply appreciate your behind-the-scenes volunteer co-producing. We appreciate. was eerily. Very good. Yeah. (laughs) Nicely done. Uh, We appreciate everybody emailing us. And again, it is leah at hamtactical.com. Thank you, everybody, for sending us your questions and comments. We really do appreciate it. And if you want to consider supporting the podcast, uh, check out hamtactical.com. Find yourself a shirt or some kind of merch. We do update it often. And most of the designs are stuff that we cook up during this podcast or through your ideas. So we appreciate it. Leia, would you like to take a test? Like, no, I'm really dreading this because mm-hmm. I forgot about the three question mm-hmm. thing. And I didn't do any studying. So. What did I say? It was going to take about two or three episodes <sighs> before you're like, you know what? I'm just going to study. 
All right. I am on question 11 of 35. What control is typically adjusted for proper ALC setting on an amateur single sideband transceiver? A, antenna inductance or capacitance. B, transmit audio or microphone gain. C, the RF clipping level. Or D, attenuator level. I'm going to go with B, transmit audio or nailed microphone it. gain. I nailed did nail it. it. I did nail that. Nice The done. next one is not good. <laughs> <laughs> How many watts are dissipated when a current of... Seven milliampers flows through milliampers. a 1,250 ohm resistance. A, approximately 11 watts. B, approximately 61 watts. C, approximately 11 milliwatts. D, approximately 61 milliwatts. Hmm. Milliampers. Is that not... Is that how you say it? It's like an ampere. A milliampere? Yeah. So you can just say milliamps. Mm. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just fill in the time here. Yeah. Mm. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Uh, I just, okay, so how many watts are dissipated? I've never heard anything called a milliwatt before, but I've also never heard of a milliampere. Mm. And then if the current is seven milliamperes, how can you lose 11? Hmm. Or 61 for that matter. And what is a milliwatt? I, is that a measurement? Today? I'm going to go with 11 watts. No, it's approximately 61 milliwatts. Milliwatts. Great. I'm going right. to show you. Uh, there's, a, there's a calculation you can do for this. So You're going to show it to me? Well, it's, it's easier to use a diagram. Okay. What is the maximum sing symbol rate permitted for RIDI or data trans uh, emission transmission on 20 meter band? A, 19.6 kilobaud, B, 1200 baud, C, 56 kilobaud, D, 300 baud. What, what band of operation? RIDI on no, the 20 meter band. 20 meter. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with 1200 baud nope it's 300 baud what you failed i Wait, should get the I... point i should get the point because you were wrong what am i thinking about <laughs> that oh i'm thinking of vhf okay never mind all right you got a diagram for me okay so i linked her to just remembering ohm's law you know there's a fun way to do that too is uh if you cover up what you're looking for with your finger mm -hmm. then you just either are dividing or multiplying mm. the other the remainders gotcha and that's how you can remember okay i will take a closer look at that thank you so much okay the next question reads what happens when an inductor is operated above its self-resident frequency a catastrophic failure is likely <laughs> b harmonics are generated c it becomes capacitive d its resistance increases 
I'm going to go with B, harmonics are, no. C, it becomes capacitive. 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 I don't even know what that means. Yeah, remember? An oven. Oh, yeah. That's right. So it's basically storing heat. Mm, gotcha. Heats up like an oven. The next question reads, what is the approximate maximum distance along Earth's surface that is normally covered up in one hop using the F2 region? A, 12,000 miles, B, 180 miles, C, 2,500 miles, D, 1,200 miles. Mm, B, 180 miles. No, it's C, 2,500 miles. Mm Mm-hmm. You're doing it, man. I don't even. I'm. I'm. I'm out of toots. I don't have any toots. Where did all the tootsie rolls go? What do you? Where do you think they went? <laughs> did <coughs> do you, you have any clues? Did you hide them? No. So that we can't count? No. Unless you mean by me hiding them, I birthed two children. <laughs> you hid them in the children. <laughs> and then, you're a devious. That's a long, <laughs> long con. You got me. <laughs> The next question reads, on which of the following band segments may you operate if you're a technician class operator and have a certificate of successful completion of examination CSCE for general class privileges? A, on any general or technician class band segment except 30 meters and 60 meters. B, only the technician band segments until your upgrade is posted to the FCC database. C, on any general or technician class band segment. Or D, only on the technician band segments until your license arrives in the mail. (laughs) Sorry. Only the technician band segments until your upgrade is posted in the FCC database. Right? No. And C. But. So. What? Yeah. So if you, the day you pass your test, right? And you go on HF and you hop up on 20 meters. Oh, because you already have a call? You have your call sign. So mm. you sign with your call sign. Oh, A G. Slant A G. Slant? Mm-hmm. It's not slash. You can do slash too. Okay. I like slant though. It feels old timey. Okay. Now I know. Mm-hmm. I you know. have one so far. <laughs> what is the standard sideband used to generate JT65, JT9, or FT8 digital signals when using AFSK in any amateur band? A, SSB, B, DSB, C, USB, D, LSB. Uh, I don't know. LSB, lower sideband? No, upper sideband. Always upper sideband for for the WSJTX modes. Wow. Actually, most digital modes are on upper sideband. Got it. What effect can be caused by a resident ground connection? A, overheating of ground straps. B, corrosion of the ground rod. C, high (coughs) RF voltages on the enclosures of the station equipment. D, a ground loop. 
What what was the the question? What effect can be caused by a resonant ground oh, connection? Oh, resonant ground connection. Okay. I don't know a ground loop. No high RF voltages on the enclosures of the station. <laughs> I don't know ground loops. <laughs> Doing loop de loops out there. What is the RMS voltage across 500 turn secondary winding in a transformer if the 2250 turn primary is connected to the 120 VAC? We talked about transformers last week, too. A, 5.9 volts. B, 540 volts. C... 2,370 volts, D, 26.7 volts. We did the math, too. We did last mm -hmm. week? Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. No, we didn't. Mm -hmm. Prove it. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me cue up the podcast. Okay, okay, I'm just going to guess B, 540 volts. It's 26.7 volts. Right. <laughs> so it's the it's the primary winding divided by the secondary winding. And then what was the voltage? 120. Times the voltage. What? Really? Yeah, yeah. so 500 divided by 2250. It's 4. Times 120. So you're going to get like your your 500 divided by 2250 is going to get you a okay decimal. You wait, you said the secondary winding divided by divided by the primary. Oh, okay, I see. I see. You get a decimal. I did it the other way around. Times okay. 120. All right. Great. That's so fun. What is you want the, the mercy law, or, or we you mercyed your way out of the last one you last week? I did. Mm -hmm. I'll do this last one. What is the <laughs> common name of a dipole with a single central support? A inverted V, B inverted L, C sloper, D lazy H. <laughs> lazy and H is also a dude ranch. <laughs> <laughs> Come on down to Lazy Reach and check out our dipole farm. <laughs> we grow the strongest American dipoles here at the Lazy Reach. An inverted V. Yeah, right? And... Yes, it's an inverted V. You got it. Way to finish strong. Thanks. Good job. Yeah, if it's, it's, if it's only a center connector, then it'd all just be hanging out. <laughs> I mean, it's still you still got to stake it out so it's pulled away from the center connector. Otherwise, wires would be slopping just in the air like that. But okay. Well, today we're going to be talking about unicorn radios. Unicorn radios. Unicorn radios. I've talked about. I didn't the term. even know unicorns were hams. I know, right? I have talked about the term unicorn radios, but I thought I would break down what it is, some of my favorites, and then some of the radios that pretty much all the ones that I'm going to mention are ones that you should keep an eye out. So if you see them at a ham fest, if you see them, and ones that I don't have in front of us here, but that I talk about, and you get a good deal, um, 
probably a good idea to pick it up because they're worth they're going to be worth a lot so you get a good deal that's you know always good in ham radio sense that's what we look out for so unicorn radio is generally a radio that is no longer manufactured or is manufactured but in extremely small lots and when they go they're they're gone why do they do that why do they put all the effort into making radios that they run only in small lots because don't they have to do all of that fcc every one of the radios in front of you except for one is one that was manufactured in in mass quantities uh, but we'll, we'll talk about it as we go a bit deeper but is no longer in a manufacturer and there are reasons why the older ones are actually viewed as more desirable okay and i will explain so unicorn radios are generally, again, sought after radios, generally only available in the used market, and people have marked them up considerably. One of the radios we're going to talk about that I don't have in front of me is always, always going for more on the used market than when it was brand new that you could drive down to HRO and pick up. Wow. That is the Yesu FT-857. Is that this baby? No, I don't have any of that here. Oh. I don't have that here. The Yesu FT8, uh, FT-857 is one of the, <laughs> it's such an anomaly radio, but they go for like over $1,500 on Why do eBay people love it so much? Because it's all band, all mode, <clears throat> and a mobile radio. So it's I portable. I thought that didn't exist. It doesn't. They don't make it anymore. They don't make it anymore. Why did they stop making it? It has downsides. It's actually not a fantastic radio. It's not good at any one thing, but it does all things okay. Mm -hmm. And so for somebody that wants all the things in one box, that's pretty much the only options they have in the platform that it exists in. So generally, out of manufacturers, I mentioned, and the reason why they are popular is because they're actually great and no longer available because they have been replaced by something that is also really good, right? Case in point, this black box here, which is the Elecraft KX1. This is a CW-only radio that Elecraft manufactures, and this was only a kit radio. You could How only, old is that thing? Um, 2000s. Really? Yeah. Oh my god, it looks so old. You could only buy this as a kit, and you had to build it yourself. So... <laughs> There aren't a whole lot of these out there to begin with, and it got replaced by a much more capable, more feature-rich radio in the KX2, its bigger brother. But even when I say bigger, it, the KX2 is still a, a tiny radio. So this radio literally got superseded by a radio that is more capable, but also much more expensive. This radio I picked up for $350, has an internal tuner, antenna tuner built in, only does Morse code. The KX2 is $1,200, right? So I got to tell you mm -hmm. that this radio does not look in the least bit appealing to me. It looks like it would be, it, it requires so much knowledge to operate. This radio, people love this radio. It is like the sexy CW radio. This radio looks like a gatekeeper. It's like... <laughs> it's... I, I'm protecting all my knowledge. <laughs> Some radios are unicorn. So all again, we've got a bunch of radios in front of us that Leia can literally look at and put her hands on and stuff like that. Some radios 
are popular now because they're super niche and they didn't sell a lot of. And now people are like, I should have bought one of these. Case in point, this little guy, which is the it's Yesu. The baby. It's the baby. The Yesu VX3. This, it is very small. This is the literal radio base that people, that Baofeng used when they made the UV3R. This is the model that they use for that radio. They don't sell those Baofengs anymore either. This is the radio that they copied. It's literally a copy. This is still a much better radio. It does way more than the Baofeng does. This radio, though, didn't sell that great. They're kind of small. It doesn't put out a ton of power, and people just kind of shied away from it. But there's nothing that beats that radio for size. It's like the one of the best radios that you can carry on your person. It's so tiny. So tiny. It's a perfect little ham fest radio. It's a great radio if you got a good shot to a repeater because it'll hit the repeater no problem. Super small. I have another one in. I have another one hidden that I've been waiting to deploy to show you. This is also a very niche niche radio. You've been waiting to deploy. Waiting to deploy. You've Ready, got all Lam? the radios on the table. Why would you? Oh. Super niche. This looks like a toy. Yeah. It's. <laughs> It's, it looks like a cross between like an old FM radio. Like an old transistor radio, but super thin. And, um, and like a cell phone mm. from. Like a, like what the, pre, the pre, the, the predecessor of the Motorola StarTac kind of style. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How so, old is this? 90s. That checks out. Yeah. This is an Alinko. But it does look much more user-friendly. Like it could, This looks uh, like straight up like... I, I know Bob had a radio that looked like this. It was, a, it was just a transistor radio. It looks for like a calculator. Sports. It does look like a calculator. This is the Alinko DJC5. This is called a credit card radio. This is a dual band VHF UHF radio. What? This works on the same frequencies as the Baofeng. Really? Mm -hmm. How much is that? I don't remember what I paid for this. I think oh, I traded. Oh, that's always like a really bad No, no. Thing this is not that expensive. <laughs> this is not that expensive. But the problem is, is that they're almost impossible to find. Because, so Alinko made a series of these, these DJC um, types of radios. When their first, the first gen, first generations of these radios came out, they were monoband. You could pick only a two meter or a 70 centimeter version. Okay. And they didn't have a speaker. You had to run earbuds, or air, not earbuds, not airbuds, not golden I... retrievers that can play <laughs> basketball and go to space. Earbuds. This is the, the pen ultimate version of the credit card radios, the DJC5. It literally has a speaker. Um, super hard to find. This one is actually not functioning because the battery in it is very dead and I have to replace it. But the batteries are difficult to find. I'm basically have to build a battery pack for this thing. Wow. Anyway, fantastic. Uh, puts out like no power. It's like one watt <laughs> output. It's just, a, it's a joke. But again, great little ham fest, great little local um, squawky box if you're just talking to people um, that are all kind of simplex but in very close. So that's the, the niche side and the oddball side, as I would call it, the DJC5 and all the, the predecessors of it. And they're, they're, they're not that they're so expensive that they're, you can't get them, 
but they're hard to find because there's not that many of them. Mm. You know what I mean? But it doesn't sound like they operate better than their more easily found counterparts. Correct, but it's like collecting anything, right? You mm. want something that's rare and sometimes... So the collection of the, the, the Alinkos is kind of cool because they are actually rare. The Yesu is cool because they're, they're sort of kind of rare, but they're still really good. Mm. They're still really effective. It, it puts out three watts, which is not a lot, but if you think about it, the Baofeng puts out four. So it's only one more watt, and the Yesu is a better radio. It's more capable, mm-hmm. right? It does more things. It, it listens outside the bands. It'll do weather. Technically, so with the Baofeng, but this does it a little bit, I don't know, more nuanced. Going back to the um, the topic of the FT-857-857, that's where it's actually a radio that is really feature-packed. People really like it, uh, but then Yesu stops like producing that style of radio. So they have nothing else but to work off of that radio mm. for the people that want that specific thing. The flip side of that, Kenwood did this too, which is a radio that I bought. This is a radio I bought brand new from um, Ham Radio Outlet. I bought this before it attained unicorn status. This was before... Is this why you keep so many radios? Yeah, because they're all going to go up in value. They all go up. You really are invested in ham radio yeah, futures. Yeah, I'm deep, I'm deep in amateur radio futures. This radio is the Kenwood THD72. Okay, That is a big, heavy, chonky... Chonky radio. Chon- this radio does everything. Before... Don't love it. The, okay, well, hear me out. Because you're going <laughs> to change your mind in a second once I start talking about it. So this radio... Does APRS like the Yesu, the, the current gen Yesus? Five years ago, this was the top of the line radio. Actually, probably a little bit before five years ago. Gosh, how long has it been? 10 years? Has, has it been you, that long? You tell me. Do you, <laughs> does your mom still hang out at Dockside Bar, son? <laughs> That's a. Do you remember the old G.I. Joe, like, uh, Remember those videos that I'd, I'd pull out when we were at parties? Yes. And I'd make everybody that? watch those G.I. Joe. And it was Shipwreck. And he was talking to that kid. And the kid, he's alluding to the fact that the kid is his son. Right, oh, right. Oh, man. <laughs> it's the best. Anyway, so this radio, APRS, right? This radio does something that most radios today don't do. This has a built-in TNC terminal node controller okay i can connect this to my computer right now it shows up as a serial device and i can use it for winlink i can use it for aprs i can use it for all kinds of things to control from my computer it's hard to tell whether ham radio manufacturers were just far ahead of their time or that the industry just moves so slowly it well what happened was digital modes happened to this radio when when D-Star and DMR and Yesu System Fusion came out, a lot of the manufacturers wanted to jump on and be a part of the digital voice craze. This radio does something that no HTs do anymore. This is a full duplex handheld. Why don't they do it anymore? Well, let me, we'll, we'll walk up to that. What is full duplex? Do you know what full duplex is? No. Okay. <laughs> so half duplex is where you are you hold down the PTT button, you talk. The person on the other end is listening. 
Right. If they decide to key up Ooh. their okay, radio. So oh, my gosh. We're listening to Callum. Oh, my God. So sorry. Well, <laughs> shout out to Callum, by the way. That's a good. You know what? That's a good uh, point. Please, Leia, put in the show notes the link to Callum's new channel. Yes. Um, for everybody that's curious why I haven't made a video about Callum, I will, of course, mention him on the stream. Uh, but I wanted I wanted to wait to know more about what happened. Yeah, we talked about it early, earlier. So I'm going to remind everybody, video's <laughs> coming. Shout out to Callum. Please go sub to him. Let me get back on track now, Leah. Thank you so Sorry much. Sorry about that. that. <laughs> I do like hearing Callum's voice, so it's good to hear him. Uh, okay, so this radio's full duplex. Half duplex is when you hold down the PTT and you're talking. Mm-hmm. If you want to stop me, like interrupt me mid-sentence, you can't. I'm holding down the oh, PTT. Oh, right, right. I'm holding it down. You can't You can't hear me. Mm-hmm. This is full duplex, um, but it is crossband. Okay? So I can listen to the 70 centimeter receiver while transmitting on the two meter trans uh, transmitter. Oh. Why is that important? Do you know off the top I of your don't. head? So I can hook this radio to one antenna, a Yagi that does 70 centimeter and two meters for satellite contacts. <gasps> what? And I can talk. And while I'm transmitting, I can hear the downlink from the satellite in my ears. Oh. So if someone starts talking, I can stop transmitting so that I'm not creating interference on the satellite. Wow. Hear them and reply back. This radio was replaced by the THD-74. The D-74 does not have the full duplex capability. Why are we going backwards in features? Because it's, and I'm, this is just my assumption. If someone from Kenwood wants to correct me, I'm, I'm open to being wrong and I will correct myself. I believe that they took out some of the features of this radio when going to the D74 to make it D-Star capable. So the hardware that had to go into the D74 mm. took out the crossband repeating or not the, the crossband transmit capability for full duplex. It's all about uh, it's all about the size, I guess. Well, yeah, because this is already a chunky radio, as you already said, right? Mm-hmm. And the, mm-hmm. the the radio that replaced it is also a big boy. Also, if they're capitulating to a market, right, they're trying to make a product that will appeal to the largest market demographic. Satellite operators, not the biggest market demographic. They're the loudest on Twitter for sure, but not the, the, the biggest, not the largest, right? So they decided to go something that they thought would have more market appeal, which was D-Star. So that's why this radio is still probably one of the radios I won't sell. I'll, I actually need to buy another battery for this just so I have a backup battery. Because it's an internal TNC, you just plug your USB cable into it, into the uh, into your computer, run whatever software you want. It does APRS via GPS. It does have the full duplex. The downside of this radio is it drinks from this battery like it has a boba straw. <laughs> How long does the battery last? I don't know. An hour, two hours. It's it, it does last longer than that, but it is extremely, extremely um, d- short-winded on its battery. Now, the radio that I always wanted to own 
but couldn't uh, because I kind of dove in hard on APRS. So this, mm -hmm. the, the D74 was my first uh, entry level into APRS and, and using it to connect to my computer, which for me was the primary use case. Love it, you know, fantastic radio. But the radio I skipped out on and I shouldn't have is it's, it's not Little Brother, but also Kenwood. I it pick, is little. It is little. I picked this up um, like, at a ham fest. This is like the daddy radio, and that's the mommy radio, and this is the baby radio. Well, these are different races of radios. The mommy and daddy are Kenwood, so they adopted the Yaesu radio. Wow. These are Kenwoods. So it's they like adopt Americans adopting a Cambodian baby. babies from. Or I guess it could be Yesu is Well, they're all Kenwood, though. They're all Jap Japanese then. Mm. Wow, this is we, we should stop. We should we should. <laughs> so the the THF6 is kind of my one of my go-to radios now for doing a lot of like testing and stuff because the audio is really good in it and it's very easy to use. This is a full analog radio. What makes this radio cool is it's a tribander. Okay. This is a 220 radio, Leia. Oh, somebody told me I should learn to do 220. <laughs> you should learn to do 220. By the way, it, it's not like you have to learn something new. You just switch bands. <laughs> it's the same concept. You don't... This is the band. They only speak Pig Latin. <laughs> I could do that. You could do that. <laughs> yeah. You just have to practice and warm yourself up a little bit. <laughs> but what this will also do is receive HF, HF radio. Okay. And uh, pretty much do just about anything you want on the receive side. It has a built-in AM uh, ferrite antenna, ferrite coil antenna. So you can actually take off the, the, the whip here, and you can just listen to, like, the AM station just with the antenna disconnected because huh. there's an internal AM antenna built in. I got this one. How many, how many hams are actually taking a radio and using it on, like, to listen to AM? I do. Do you really? Yeah, I use it to listen to AM, um, FM, because it's it's dual channel. So I can listen to ham radio on the A channel and listen to a radio station on the B channel. Okay. Also, it'll do airband, so you can listen to the planes as they're flying overhead. Nice. While you're on a listening on a repeater waiting for something oh, to talk. When you said airband, I was thinking about something totally different. Again, not airbud. <laughs> no, airband. <laughs> I'm playing my air instrument. These are my air drums. This is my air guitar. <laughs> this. Um, it's a band of people playing air instruments. And you think this radio <laughs> is picking up on those... Yeah. You're, you're, you're telling me the people that can't be bothered to have instruments yes. are transmitting something with technology? Yeah, it's just so advanced. Okay. <laughs> So let, let's talk about prices of some of this stuff. Actually, there, there's one more radio I'm going to get to. But um, TH, the THF6, I think I picked up at a ham fist. A ham fist. Great. A ham fest. A ham fest. A ham. <laughs> I think I picked this up for $180. Wow. Which is, That's I supposed think, to be a good, very good I'm deal. supposed to be like. You should be. Wow. Like, wow, You're this amazing. is good. You're amazing. Not like, Wow. You bought another radio for almost $200. Okay. okay. I got it. Let me reframe. Wow. What a great deal. So the, the last you one. You are such a good, a good bargain hunter. Amazing. Your frugality. 
I will I will say we we talked about it in the beginning finding some of these radios is is not difficult. You can find them on eBay. You can you can kind of get an idea of what they sell for on eBay if you again go to sold listings. Mm-hmm. Go to filters. It's under advanced settings or advanced filters. Check the box for sold, not completed. Completed means that they didn't have a buyer necessarily, but sold, meaning someone paid money for it. Look at an aggregate over time of that same radio and what they sold for. It'll give you a rough idea of how how much they go for online. But Hamfests are wild, guys. They're wild west. It's crazy. You can get some um, smoking good deals at Hamfests. And by smoking, I mean like, you know, 40, 50 bucks, sometimes more off. By smoking, it'll smell like somebody it was in the home. a cigar. It was, it was in a smoker's home. That's but if you, <laughs> if you take the example of that bencher key, or that key, right, from earlier in the podcast, right. what do you pick it up for, 20 bucks? Yeah. 20 bucks. And he took it home, put some elbow grease into it, and, and cleaned it all up. This Kenwood, when I bought it, the entire face of this was ground down, like like somebody took a belt sander to it. Then what did you do? So I paid like the 180 bucks for the radio for as, as it was. It came with a battery and a bunch of other stuff and the manual and all that. I found there was a website that specializes in Kenwood parts. And so I think I, I got a fake uh, faceplate, legit new old stock faceplate for this radio and the little adhesive screen. And how much is that? Like 20 bucks. Okay, so, so now you're in for 200 Go on. 200 right? Uh-huh. Is that the stock antenna? No, I have the stock antenna, though. Actually, I think the antenna that I bought this with is on the Yesu right now. Huh. You just swap antennas. You just, yeah. you just move them around. Yeah. But there's all kinds of deals out there, particularly if you're semi-confident in your ability to, like, replace stuff. So in the case of that Bencher Kier, mm-hmm. $218 key, he paid 20 bucks for it. That's a really good deal, right? The value of that, $200, good stuff. So the the other uh, radio I'll mention, and I've got it right here in front of me. I picked this up again. I mentioned it, the Mountain Topper 3-bander. Picked this up off of uh, the Facebook group. $450 for this radio plus the Elecraft T1 tuner. So what's interesting about some of these radios, and the Mountain Topper is actually a really good place to kind of have this discussion. The Mountain Topper is, you see this little box, right? Mm-hmm. So once upon a time, this box had a screen. Yeah, thanks, ju- Kark. Yeah, thanks, Kark. This this radio, this little box, had a screen the size of this Elecraft screen. Little tiny LCD screen versus... Yeah, what does it even show on a screen so small? Or this is not an LCD. Anyway, um, this radio has been through a ton of revisions, even in the company that now produces it, which is LNR Precision. This is the, the most recent version revision this radio has a bnc connector it reminds me of the kx1 in that it also appears that you need a large amount of expertise to know how to (laughs) operate it yeah no it's not just like a bunch of symbols like (laughs) switches buttons a bunch of ports on it (laughs) right because you have to attach a battery you have to attach a key you have to attach a speaker headphones and the antenna Oh, man. But the antenna used to be, instead of BNC, which is kind of the universal standard for QRP, that's also BNC, mm-hmm. you had to attach an RCA jack. Mm. So your antenna was literally an RCA plug that you would like shove So none it. of these things come with the radio. You have to buy them all separately. These, this is the radio. No, I mean the things that go in the ports 
because you can't use it as it is right now. You'd need the headphones and the... Well, yeah, but I mean, that's those are highly personal things for HF. Sure. So the, the I mean, handhelds... that's also what Apple said about chargers, but that's fine. This, this, okay. Well, you're just getting insulting because this this radio never went away from ports. The headphone jack is still here, and they added another one for the Morse code key, and then the coaxial power cable and the in the uh, BNC jack, etc. Um, the the HTs are are a little bit you know power on and go, but the the CW machines, you know, uh, they often they often have accessories you have to include. But the reason why the LNR is kind of the one I, I thought I would kind of end this talk with, the LNR finds itself in an interesting place. LNR Precision is a small radio manufacturer. They have made uh, a series of radios throughout the years. And what they generally do is they'll come out with a baseline model, and then they'll make the upgraded version. Okay. My first HF radio was an LNR radio the LNR LD5, five-band HF radio. LNR said, hey, this LD5 thing is fine, but let's upgrade it. We'll make the case all red. They, they gave it this like ruby red finish on it. It was actually a really good looking radio. And I think it called, they called it the LD10 or the LD11. Sure. And so they, it gave it more bands. Same radio, more bands, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the mountain topper finds itself in the, in the same kind of place. This is by most considered to be the the most sought after mountain topper the three bander but lnr they have two other SKUs for this radio they have a four bander and a five bander more bands more more bands yeah so the three bander is the size of a, of a deck of cards basically basically right uh-huh the four bander is more like the size of the kx2 right or the kx1 but skinnier this way and then the uh five bander is roughly the same size and a bit taller right okay. for the um for this they're selling the four banders and the five banders and they haven't remanufactured the three banders since 2019 the wow. last time the last time because there was a hamvention hamvention was the last time i saw one in person and i actually kicked myself that i didn't buy it so it was because of covid i think it was like 300 dollars though I didn't buy it. Oh, I'm sorry. I was supposed to say because of the panoramic. Right. Well, I don't know. But they didn't stop selling. They didn't stop making mountain toppers. They just made the four bander. The four bander, they've been selling the heck out of them. Okay. But they're not, they're not well, remanufacturing. Well, I guess they don't need the, the three bander if you can get a four bander. Well, but for people that like portable, this is the smallest game in town pretty much as far as a retail radio goes. It's just a little bit bigger for more bands though, right? more bands I, i'd have to show it to you in person i actually should have brought it in here so you could see it but but where i'm going with this is that sometimes radios that are highly sought after they they just don't get made anymore for for reasons that the company kind of wants to move on or the company feels that it's more cost effective to sell a slightly you know a more expensive radio offer a little bit more features you know, for whatever reason, get more money out of it. They think it has more demand. That's what the people want, whatever. So you'll find that these little niche radios exist all over the place and they actually hold their value really well. So things to keep in mind, Elecraft KX1, I bought that for $350. It is the three band model, 20 meters, 30 meters, 40 meters. 
and I have the add-on 80 meter kit, but I haven't installed it yet. Um, the Yesu, I think I paid $200. The Kenwood, I bought that brand new, so I don't really know what they go for now. By the way, it's Big Brother mm -hmm. that got discontinued recently. Okay. That sold for $600. Oh my gosh. It is now selling on eBay for over 800 Wow. On the used market. That's insane. So the prices of these, they go up. As long as it's a good radio that is not going to just, you know, implode, um, there is a, a threat of that over time, right? Components start to degrade, and there could be a situation where, you know, that they, they won't function correctly anymore. I noticed you didn't put the Baofeng on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call that a unicorn radio. <laughs> Now, I, I, I want to remind everybody, I am definitely a very specific type of unicorn radio hunter. I am one that's looking for radios that I can, that are easily portable. There's nothing like that I like more than a super tiny radio. I don't know why. It's just my jam. Also, when I go to a ham fest, I have like no, no luggage space. Mm. So I need tiny radios. I can't get big boat anchors. So for those of you that are, for those of you that are super into this idea of radio collecting and whatnot, go to eBay, look up old sales, figure out what the costs are for the radios that you may be interested in that go outside of what I've talked about today. And then kind of keep an eye occasionally for them. Uh, there are some websites that'll notify you when something that, that hits a certain, you know, title. Point. No, titles, okay. you know, certain keywords come up. Um, so you may want to avail yourself of that, particularly for things like a uh, mountain topper three-bander those are really sought after. KX1s, they very rarely come up for market, so you may want one of those. And the um, the THD74, or sorry, D72. The D72, I think, is probably the better radio to own for its uh, capability in the uh, full duplex. So yeah, bit of a discussion on unicorn radios. Wow, a real, a real show and tell of more things I need to add to my tally. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will leave you with the radio that I'm still looking for a working version of. I still want one of these so bad. And they're extremely, extremely hard to come by. I have a parts radio for this already that sort of works. And I couldn't get it. I couldn't get it working. The Sony World Band Receiver. Shortwave radio. Okay. <laughs> Just a receiver. That's all it does is shortwave. It is the ICF SW100. Leia. Leia, and show you a picture of this. Can you see this? Uh, there's the that's the radio right there. Oh, isn't that cool? Little flappy top lid folds open. Wow. Okay, as pictured right there with all that, four hundred dollars. Oh. That radio is one of the smallest shortwave receivers that you can you can buy. Incredibly, incredibly sought after radio, and good luck. <laughs> Good luck, because that radio actually had a defect in it. What was it? Um, the does it explode? No. The more you open and close the lid, it actually would sever the ribbon cable. Oh no! <laughs> it was a defect that they had to work out in later revisions. But for everybody that owned the first gen, they made a free face replacement that you could swap out the faceplate on the screen, 
and it would stop from like slicing the ribbon cable over time. Oh my gosh, that's a big defect. The the replacement of that ribbon cable is an absolute nightmare. I've done it. <laughs> it is wild. It is one of the the craziest radios to get in and out of. And the more you open it up, right, it starts to get all loosey goosey with the plastic tabs and all that stuff. It's whew. anyway horrible. Fantastic radio. I want one, but uh, I just can't justify dropping that kind of coinage on. on it. Maybe I can. I'll do a video on it. Well, I'll think about it. Think about it. <laughs> anyway, everybody, we uh, we very much. Led. Do you have any parting words before I head out? Seventy three. That's it. Well, I haven't finished. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it. And the fact you listen and send us feedback, and again, layathamtactical.com, means a lot to us. 73. 73. Timing. Sign, Long, long, Had to end that in there. We were talking about that before the show. And now, do you want to give your rendition of? Uh... No. No. I'm good. Thank okay. you. Okay. All right. Good night, everybody.